<coughs> Actually, <coughs> <coughs> I think I'm catching a cold at the end of this trip. Okay. Well. All right. So, okay, well, we have to do our actual show intro and then go into the conversation. I mean, aren't we doing it right now? I suppose. So, that means that we're on air right now, recording. Yes. On air is a loose term because we're not live. But we are. Ish. Currently live. <laughs> So, that means this is the Discover Your Inner Awesome podcast. Is it? Two guys sitting in a kitchen in Nashville. Full on creps. <laughs> well, not you, but I'm full on creps. So, for everyone listening... Wait, I'm full of crep. <laughs> <laughs> so, for everyone listening, my name is Rajiv Nathan, and his name is... Martin McGovern, to we... use the same tone that I've used on all of the podcasts. We are the founders of Idea Lemon. This is the Discover Your Inner Awesome podcast the show where we have dope conversations with kick-ass people and And kick-ass conversations with dope people right that sounds dope (laughs) basically what we mean by that is every episode we explore pressing life questions with people like entrepreneurs artists and musicians and if you have been sleeping for the last six weeks then you would not know that we've been on a road trip for the last six weeks going around the country taking this podcast meeting people in person and having a lot of fun. We are now at our last stop. It is Monday morning. No, 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 Nashville, Nashville. September 21st in Nashville. And we are doing this last podcast here before we pack up and leave and head back to Chicago. Um, Sweet home, Chicago. <laughs> while every episode that we do, we have someone else with us on the show. This one we're doing just Martin and I as we're going to basically recap what has been an awesome road trip the last six and a half weeks or so. And every episode, as you guys know, if you look through our list, we pick a specific question and we blow that out and explore it and try to answer it. In this episode, what we're going to do is kind of go over, I guess our topic is going to be, what did we learn on our road trip? Yeah, it's kind of, our, our question is Rosebud Thorn, which we'll answer at the end. Yeah. But... Uh, to get to the rosebud thorn, you have to look back at what you've done. So exactly. if you don't sit down and analyze it, because it all happens so quickly, it just becomes this blur that's lost in the past. Now, we're going to talk about all this stuff in like 45 seconds, but before I have to do the final plug for Under 30 Experiences, uh, if you guys don't know about them, please look them up. We love them. This whole road trip and podcast <laughs> is in partnership with Under 30 Experiences, an amazing travel community. Uh, so much of the good times of our road trip have come because of under 30 experiences, like going out to Krause Springs in Austin with the, with the community there, um, that crazy night out in LA on the roller coaster on the Santa Monica Pier, <laughs> that <was> awesome. <laughs> all that stuff. My, my break in Tahoe with an under 30 crew, it's been a wild ride. Uh, there are crazy travel community, crazy, awesome travel community. Uh, so if you want to go to places like Bali, Brazil, Peru, Iceland, uh, Costa Rica, Nicaragua, and more, check out their trips. You're going to love it. It's traveling with ambitious, like-minded young adults like yourself. And to get you one step closer, they've given us a promo code to share with you. If you haven't used it yet, use it. The promo code is IDEALEMON, all one word, and you use it at their website, under30experiences.com. Uh, I think four or five of our guests on this road trip have been under 30 experiences alumni like Adam, Jason, Courtney, DiPiazza, uh, maybe even more, and actually even from last season, like Carla Blumenthal. So I can't, I mean, there's so many of our friends now and our, our network is through under 30 experiences. So big shout out to them. 
And that's why we, we do work with them because they're cool. And we only work with dope people. Only dope people. <laughs> only the dopest. But they don't smoke dope, ideally. I mean, some of them might. <laughs> <laughs> Have so, you listened to Matt's podcast? <laughs> he out. Hey, whoa. Um, <laughs> don't go put people on blast. Um... <laughs> All right, so let's 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 talk. So what do we learn? Well, so you like, and so that's exactly the thing. The whole kind of the genesis for this podcast and the genesis for most of what we do in recording things uh, is to look back on it and figure out how far you've come. Mm-hmm. And so I like this episode, hopefully, uh, <laughs> because we're going to really sit down. It's kind of like what have we journaled about over the past couple of years, and how can we pull out some information from that and see what to do next yeah so as i'm kind of thinking about this i'm looking through our list we've hit all sorts of different cities and the questions that we've explored so far are how do you shape your reality how do you put the pedal to the metal which we did literally with a car (laughs) how do you know when you've made it uh have we well we haven't made it home yet how do you plan for the unexpected i forgot to put a question mark on that one <laughs> which statement. was uh, which was unexpected. How do you play? Yeah, it's very unexpected. <laughs> you can't ask question. Question, actually. How do you stay passionate about your passions? Uh, actually, there's a great Dilbert thing about passion that I read this morning. How do you become memorable? How do you help others? How do you stay tenacious? How do you roll with the punches? How do you handle rejection? What is living the dream? And what is the best approach to this nomadic life? It sounds like this American life, but for new agey people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think... Well, what's been cool with each episode that we've done has been, it has, you know, so we say like the whole reason we do this show is for us to learn, but I like that it's not just us saying that because it sounds kitschy. We actually learn things out of it and we'll have a future conversation where we're like, well, remember what we talked about on that podcast? We're falling into that trap again. Let's make sure we don't do that now. Oh, yeah. Or like um, when we had Srini on the show in LA and that was rolling with the punches that was one like that's totally that episode alone has totally transformed I think what we want to do with Idealum and, and you know we still have a general idea of the course we're taking now or the path we're taking now but it opened us up to so much more possibilities mm-hmm. because I think for a while now we've kind of uh, I don't know if boxed ourselves in but at least confined ourselves to being just like infopreneurs and that's it Whereas talking to Srini both on air as well as when we got off air and just had, you know, additional conversation was, well, we can be artists too and we can creatively express things as well. We don't have to just make everything motivational and make everything business business focused. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I find that interesting too, because as you get into entrepreneurship, one of the things I've had to go back and forth and struggle with a bit is what what does it mean to be an entrepreneur? (laughs) It's a big question. Like everyone kind of, it's the buzzword. It's the cool thing. Like everyone wants to be an entrepreneur, but there are a million different types of entrepreneurs doing a ton of different things. So we're in Nashville right now. The type of entrepreneur that lives in Nashville is very different than the type of entrepreneur that lives in San Francisco. And here it's about the music industry and it's about artistry and it's about things like that. There it's more about tech startups and stuff, stuff along those lines. And what I've found really interesting about each city that we've been to is the different mindset of entrepreneurship in each city. 
it really is vastly different. Like we were talking about Chicago and how entrepreneurship is like this weird thing that if you're trying to be an entrepreneur, you're a weirdo. Mm -hmm. And like there's 1871, but even in 1871, you're going to work at startups that have nine to five hours or, you know, well, it's it's not nine to five. It's like, there's a, there's a structure in place. There are structures. It's, it's, there's a big difference between tech entrepreneurship and the startup world and lifestyle entrepreneurship, which is where we're headed. And there's, and that's vastly different than music entrepreneurship, which is vastly different than a coffee shop that you want to open. And so one of the things that I've just loved about this trip is realizing all the different types of entrepreneur minds that are out there. Yeah. Well, and not, not only that, but that's entrepreneurship, but the different approach to work and what work is in the different cities. So in, and, and also how that changes from where you would be in another city and how you could look at that same thing, but in a vastly different way. So for instance, in Chicago, if someone works at Google or Facebook, you would bow down to them and it's like, oh my God, how can I get to know this person better so I could maybe work at Google or Facebook one day? But in San Francisco, everyone works at Google or Facebook. And it's just it's just another day at the office. And there's yeah. no, it's like, yeah, if I wanted to work at Facebook, I, I probably know 10, 15, 25 people who could get me in, an introduction there. I don't yeah. mean me personally. I mean, that's what people in San Francisco think. Or like in LA, entertainment, you know, like in Chicago, if you work in entertainment, that's a big deal. Like if you were to work at Harpo, I mean, Harpo Studios is closing, Oprah's studio. But if you were to work at Harpo Studios, that's like, oh, wow, Harpo, How, wow. Like you made it in entertainment in yeah. Chicago? That's How did amazing. that happen? So in LA, though, it's like, oh, I mean, yeah, everyone works at a production warehouse or everyone's an actor, everyone's a writer or whatever that might be. And then in Nashville, everyone works in music. So like I remember when we first rolled in and we were hanging out with, uh, we're staying with our friend Kelsey and we were hanging out with her friends and several of them work like Kelsey works in graphic design and for music row magazine. And then there's other people who work in different types of the music in, or different parts of the music industry, but that's the norm here. Mm-hmm. And what's so interesting is until you remove yourself from the norm that you're used to, you don't get that other perspective of, of what, what someone else's norm and that, and that norm presents its own problems and its own amazing things as well. Yeah. But you might look at someone in LA and be like, oh man, they work in entertainment. It must be the most cool thing in the world. They're always happy. And yeah, entertainment's a cool industry to work in, but it has its own realities too. And it has its downsides. And maybe you have to be that coffee runner for a year before you do the thing you want to do. You could be a coffee runner for a lot longer than you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I, I do like that because one of the things, one of the things we talked about a lot in the first season of this podcast and this season as well is the average of five. Mm-hmm. You're the average of the five people you surround yourself with. It's that quote that Tim Ferriss quoted from someone else and blah, 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 blah. Um, and I think in the small sense, which is what we've kind of used to talk about it in, <clears throat> of your f- closest friends. Who are your closest friends? And do they push you and motivate you and challenge you and call you out on your bullshit? Mm-hmm. That's like the baseline of the average of five. Yeah. If you don't surround yourself with friends that push you and challenge you and call you out on your bullshit you've already got a huge mountain to climb. Mm -hmm. Then there's a second level. Once you've surrounded yourself with five people who will push you and challenge you and call you out on your bullshit, now you have to figure out what larger group am I going to put myself into that's going to challenge me. Mm -hmm. If you're in Chicago and you're playing guitar, 
you're not going to be going up against or getting the opportunities of the people here. And yes, there's like not everyone's going to make it. That's just a, right. a reality of life. But one of the things, like if you're in Chicago and you're trying to make it as an artist, it's going to be so much harder. That's why people move to LA. That's why people yeah. move to Nashville and make those decisions. And you know, there's the one mindset where if, if you're good enough, you can make it anywhere. I don't know if that's necessarily true because if you're not in the city where everyone is thinking that this is an okay thing, you'll eventually get worn out by it. So but what about being the opposite is like big fish in a small pond? Well, and I guess maybe it depends on how you view your outcomes. Mm-hmm. If, if you're only looking for the one specific outcome of, I want to be that traveling stage musician, yeah. then yes, you need to get to a city that allows you to be a traveling stage musician right. or something like that. But if you're okay being the guy who does music for commercials or the guy who does music for, you know, whatever it is that's going on in Chicago or whatever city you're in, I think then maybe, maybe it is mindset over location. Well, it's because I, I think you can always find your pocket, right? Like if you put in the effort, you can, you know, you don't have to be in LA and only, what was that? This thing was making a slurping noise while I was trying to drink oh, it. Gotcha. So I punctured a hole and did not realize it would be that loud. Does that stop the slurping noise? Yeah, they're supposed to come with, it's a coffee cup, just so you guys know. It's supposed to, ha- the, this is supposed to be a little hole, but it's not. Ah, uh, Okay. Anyway, how do you plan for the unexpected? <laughs> um, what was, I don't even know what I was talking about. You were talking about um, finding opportunities. Oh, yeah, the pockets. Yeah. yeah. So you could be in L.A. and like Kevin, who we stayed with, he works in advertising in L.A. He doesn't have to work in entertainment. But yeah, you, you find your pockets. Like It's not like the only one thing exists wherever anyone is. Like There are people in Nashville who don't work in music. Music might be the standard, but there are people who do different things and have other types of jobs. So it's a matter of just taking the effort to, or if you're an artist in Chicago, there are other artists in Chicago. You just have to search a little bit harder to find them. And I think that to an extent tests your metal almost a little bit more when it's not staring you in the face. Will you go the extra mile to find it? Yeah, well... And I think that works to an extent because if you, if you and only like 10 other people around you or in the city like this one thing and you find those 10 people, you're going to have a hell of a bond with those people. Right. But eventually you all need to get somewhere else to where the opportunities are. So a good example of this, um, the You Made a Weird podcast with, with Pete Holmes. Mm-hmm. I love that podcast. He does that podcast at the Nerdist studio um, where they have a comedy stage. And he interviews comedians. So every single day, he has comedians coming in the door. And they just stop in, do the podcast, go on stage. Hmm. Stop in, do the podcast. He doesn't have to schedule it. He doesn't have to fly anyone anywhere. He, it's there. He's already there. They're already there. Yeah. He records the podcast. At least that's my understanding of it. So, yeah, he could still be in Chicago, which is where he started. And so could all of his friends who started in Chicago who are comedians. Mm -hmm. But all of them eventually had to go to L.A. in order to have their career jump up a little. Yeah. Because they they capped out in Chicago. They hit the top of Chicago. They were as good at comedy in Chicago as you could get at comedy in Chicago. And the next step was L.A. Yeah. And they talk to each other and they say, how come it took you five extra... Like, 
he went five years prior to this other guy. And mm-hmm. he's like, how come it took you five extra years? And the guys are like, I have to like, you know, quit my job and yeah. like all this other stuff. And, but like, that's the whole thing. It's, I, I feel like going to all these cities has opened my eyes to the fact that number one, there's lots of other cities that I could live in, which yeah. I never <laughs> really thought of before. I was like, I could probably live here or here. <laughs> um, but I was like, Nashville's pretty damn sweet. Yeah. Uh, and then the other aspect is, you know, there, if you want to get into country music, you're not going to do it in Chicago. It's just right. not. Yeah. No, that's a fair yeah. point. That's a fair point. And that's like my friend, uh, Nick in LA or originally from Chicago three years ago, two years ago, he had the opportunity to move to LA for a job cause he wanted to work in entertainment. Mm-hmm. And now he's you know doing very well out here or out there rather in LA because he knew his potential was capped working in Chicago. Either he'd have to find the one agency that you know represents talent in Chicago, which is only a small market of talent because mm-hmm. most talent is in LA in the entertainment and sports industry. Or he could take that opportunity in front of him and move to LA. And I mean, now his life is much better for it. He's not, there's, there's no um, what ifs going on now. Yeah. There, there's no, well, do I need to do this? Do I need to do that? It's like, no, like he got himself out there. Now there, you know, there's new challenges and different challenges he's facing, but at least he's in the right, um, right frame of reference for it, both geographically and mentally. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it, it has to do with, you know, where the fish are, right? Like we're trying to become, or we, we're, we're doing lifestyle entrepreneurship, which is an online game. Mm Mm-hmm. So yes, location independence is kind of our, where do we want to live? Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. So it does like the goal of what we're trying to accomplish is that you can live anywhere. Um, but you know, if you're someone, if, if, if you're thinking about lifestyle, you have to think about, it's, it's kind of the same thing. Every city we go to, we're like, oh my God, you can go hiking on the weekends if you're a hiker and you're living in Chicago, I'm sorry, you're just not going to be a hiker. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's just not a thing. And so, or you're going to have to be the guy who goes and builds a mountain. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also a thing. So like, <laughs> I guess like, you know, there's no rocks to climb in Illinois, but Brooklyn boulders exist. Yeah. That's so true. I guess there's always a workaround, but it, it, well, yeah. Okay. To that point though, that's what I think is interesting is, what I've kind of learned about myself on this trip is I had f- I've had five straight weekends of having an adventurous outdoor activity on one or both days of the weekend, and it's fucking awesome. <laughs> and I don't really get that in Chicago. Like it's you know there are outdoor activities, but it's not necessarily the same. Like I really enjoy hiking, um, and that was probably the coolest part of my trip. Take a hike. <laughs> was hiking in Tahoe. That was probably the coolest part of my trip or my half of the trip. Um, and now I want to go back to Chicago and find what are those things that exist there. If it's not going to be hiking up a mountain, what are the other outdoorsy things? Cause I've never thought of myself as the outdoorsy type. Like I like activity, but I've never thought of myself as the outdoorsy type. But now I've done adventure stuff for six straight weeks. So clearly I am that. <laughs> So you're saying climbing the stairs at the Sears Tower, Willis Tower, isn't going to cut it? <laughs> I actually did do the, uh, I did the Sears Tower climb um, four years ago. It was so hard. Yeah, it looks pretty Well, hard. and I, I trained on Stairmaster for like three months leading up to it. And then... That's a hell of a sentence. <laughs> 
and when it, it's hundred. I think it's 108 floors or 105 floors in the Sears Tower. And even all that training, what it didn't prepare me for was the fact that when you actually go up those staircases, you're in a coffin for 108 floors mm-hmm. and it's so hard to breathe. Yeah. And it took me like, I think, I think I did it in like 35, 36 minutes. And the minutes. steps are sweaty and... Well, yeah. And it's just like, you start to get like dizzy because it's, you know, you go up circles. eight and you turn, you get up eight and you turn and all this stuff. And I had a bad approach where I was like, I was going to sprint up as much as I could to start until I got tired, but that's a terrible strategy. Um, yeah, but sliding down on the oriental rug at the end, super fun. What? <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know, I think I did it in 35, 36 minutes. But yeah, anyways, you know, I want to be in summertime, for instance, in Chicago. I want to do more of like starting my Saturdays with like stand-up paddleboarding, for instance, something like that. Or even like the new Bloomingdale Trail that's out there now. Yeah. Um, those kinds of things. And I think embracing now the fact that I am an adventurer and not just like, yeah, sometimes sometimes I do adventurous things. No, now it's like, no, I am an, I am an adventurous person. Yeah. Well, and that's been a common theme throughout all of our conversations as well, which is embracing the things that you actually like. Mm -hmm. Um, so like yesterday we're sitting around watching, uh, some football game. And Packers Seahawks. Yeah. Packers (laughs) Seahawks. And I'm like, literally like I went from watching the screen to like, Usually if there's a TV on somewhere, I'm like mindlessly staring at it just because it's a blinking light. Yeah. Um, and like last night I was like, mm, I, don't know, I can't even look at the screen. <laughs> like that's how bored I am. I'm going to go upstairs and watch Batman cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and that's exactly what I did. I was on um, Instagram and I saw the link to this like cool Batman thing, which I realized I'd seen before now. But uh, yeah. yeah, it was awesome. And I just went and watched that cartoon. And I think it, it kind of blows my mind. Like you meet people who are out there and like, you know, they, they're creating these crazy, you know, uh, I was reading something the other day, like the, the new X-Men movie has, um, apocalypse in it. And, uh, the guy, the costume they made for the movie, everyone's like crapping on it. Mm -hmm. Like they hate it because they compared it to like this cosplayer who was on a budget (laughs) at, uh, one of the comic cons and his, his outfit is like the most intense version of, of apocalypse you could possibly get. And just like seeing the, like the, it just it's so creative and it it doesn't have any real output it's not like he's making money necessarily off of it maybe he's trying to get into costume and fashion or whatever the guy who created the costume but um yeah it, it's just these i've always been kind of a generalist in a lot of ways and i never or and i kind of jump from cool thing to cool thing whereas now i want to kind of sit with it it's like if i like batman actually yeah. really like embrace the fact that you like it go learn a lot about it and be okay that it's like a totally crazy nerdy thing to do. Right. Um, and if you want to cut and like, so last night after I watched that video of two face, I'm like the coolest Halloween costume I can come up with right now would be, um, two face, but where it's black and white on one side. So like this side of my face would be gray and my hair would be white. So it's not like the colorful two face. It's like more of a classic two face or the comic book two face. And, like, just saying that out loud, I'm like, holy shit, that's nerdy. <laughs> but, like, well, fuck it. Who cares? Yeah. Like, all, you know, we travel the country, met all these people are doing all these amazing things. And you sit at home and you look at Facebook and you look at Instagram and you're like, oh, my God, that person's doing such cool stuff. Uh, and then, like, you go back to work or you yeah. go back to watching TV. And, like, we were hanging out with Kelsey yesterday and she was like, ah, I'm going to just hang out at the house today. We come back and she's like turned this mirror yeah. <laughs> into this like amazing chalkboard with home sweet home written on it. And like, yeah. it's amazing. Right. Like I'm like, 
what did I do? I wandered the city today, which is also great. Um, but I, I like the idea of embracing things more. Um, so like I bought that, the longboard in, in Portland and, um, you know, I've been like kind of riding it, but it's San Francisco and it's really steep streets and it's a little <laughs> scary. But, uh, I was sitting at the coffee shop the other day and I was getting really frustrated cause I had to get all my credit cards reissued and, you know, all my auto pays were messed up. So I had to like argue with them about my charges and like they're giving me fees. And I was just like, I went to this amazing coffee shop and I couldn't enjoy it at all. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is going to end up ruining the night. We have a nineties party tonight and I'm not, I'm going to be in a bad mood. I don't want to be in a bad mood. And so I I was like sitting there. I'm like, wait a second. There's a long board in the car. I can take 20 minutes to like 45 minutes and try and learn how to longboard the correct way because my footing has been incorrect uh, when I did uh, skateboarding when I was a little kid, uh, which was not very good, but <laughs> uh, because my footing was wrong. And so I took the opportunity to learn how to do the footing correctly and stand on the long on the longboard right. And I ended up spending 40 minutes just like having the best time of my life right. going like, you know, trying to get all the way down to the ground and like graze my fingers mm-hmm. on the concrete as I'm like oh, wow. doing all this crazy stuff. And I did like a... Um, that pose from Karate Kid, yeah. like on the front of the board while rolling, like one leg in the air. And I was like, how am I, I've never freaking done this in my yeah. life. This is amazing. Like, and, and every other time I was in Chicago and I'm like, I'd like to get a longboard. Everyone goes, well, you're going to be one of those longboarder guys now. I'm like, but it's so fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's so fun. Why do you have to shit on everything? I'm going to get Lincoln Park now going Lakeshore Drive on a longboard. Oh, my God. It's, good. Like, it's it's all the times that I'm walking and I look at someone on a longboard past me and go, that looks fun. <laughs> and it just keeps wa- keep walking. Like, impulsively buy it and see what happens. Yeah. Um, okay, so there's a few things you mentioned there that I want to touch on. Let me start from the first part. Real quick, this should be on setting three, right? The microphone? Yes. Okay. All right. Um, so the first we've had some microphone issues on this trip. <laughs> Apologies for the quiet podcast. <laughs> um, the first thing is you talked about the Batman stuff and how you've never really dove deep into anything really, and that's what I noticed. Yes, last night we were at dinner and you were showing me and Kelsey like your personal website and all the project. I, was, I actually I was like, man, you've started a lot of projects, but they ha- you haven't taken them. I don't want to say anywhere, but like you've started them and then dropped them after Mm -hmm. being like, well, I guess it's not going to work out. And is that something that you already knew about yourself or is that something that you've started to realize? Oh, I've known that. That's why I'm so blown away by how far we've taken idea limit. And that's why I was talking about that yesterday. I'm like, even with all these mental blocks that I have, this one has stuck. Yeah. And that's why I quit my job to do it because it wasn't just oh, I want to write a book and then, or now it's a website. Oh, now it's a thing. Like this is the one that I've kept coming back to. Right. But now I want to know what thing are, we have a lot of focuses. Maybe that's why this is stuck. Which one are we going to go super, super deep on? Right. Is my next question. Yeah. And that's what I want to take the time when we're back in Chicago to really figure out. Cause I'm not going to be adventuring every day. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be sitting down and I'm going to be taking some of these ideas and going really, really deep with mm-hmm. them. Yeah. I think, I think part of it too is, you know, and I've definitely started things and dropped them. I just don't know if I've documented them as well as you have. Like, I got to even have a personal website. <laughs> well, and that's because I'm a designer yeah. in a way. So, like, everything I've done has been a creation thing. It's sure. been, it's not like, it's always been with my hands or it's been online or it's been 
I've taken a picture of it. So I, I like to do things that people can see. But mm-hmm. the problem is, is that if no one is looking, because why would they be? Yeah. Then it's hard to keep the momentum going. Right. Well, that's where, that's where we always tell people, find an audience for exactly. it, et cetera. Uh, what, I, what I think is interesting, though, is um, in a field like design, so like I could take music, right? And it's very clear what like the output is. Like I make a song. There's no questioning mm-hmm. the, the output of that. But the fields you've chosen for your creative expression Design is anything. <laughs> it's so ambiguous. It's like, hey, what do I want to do today? I could design a paint can. Hmm. Right. Whereas I can be like, hey, I'm going to make a road trip song. You're going to be like, you're not going to be like, why didn't you make a road trip soap dispenser? <laughs> why isn't it a singing soap dispenser? <laughs> That's very true. Like, as we were scrolling through my old my old portfolio, I was like, everything that I, and I'm not sure when this kind of shifted to me being, I actually, I kind of remember I was like, you don't have to make everything from scratch. You can kind of take what other people are doing and do things with it, Mm -hmm. but it never had quite the same output. Yeah. So like when I was designing our logo from scratch, it's very different than when I'm like pulling an image from uh, death to the stock photo and just putting that on our website. Right. Like if I take the image, it means a lot more and I feel much more energized doing it. And so like, there's one thing, I, back in the day, I would like go hang out at my brother's place a lot. So I ended up getting a key to their place, but I had no place to put the key because I didn't have a key ring or anything. So I created a little pouch out of business cards that I like traced the key and it looked really cool. And it was this whole thing. And I just remember being like, when did I stop making cool little things for everyday problems? Mm -hmm. And whatever day that was that that stopped, um, I feel like I stopped being that type of creative. I started being a different kind of creative, more so business focused, but I'd like to bring some of that old stuff that I did back into what we're doing today. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a good point. I think, well, and, and this came up, I think yesterday, but I had mentioned how you, cause you, you were saying how in college you went the more safe route instead of blowing out creative. Creative was the also thing. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the thing. It was the marketing major business focus. And you were able to fit a double major in design into that mm-hmm. because you just really wanted to instead of going the opposite route, which is let me blow out the artistic side and maybe and take some business. business classes. Yeah. But I actually think it was, it's a good thing that you did. You went hard on business and fit design into that. I mean, on the one hand, maybe you didn't creatively explore or express as much as you could have, but you don't take the starving artist mentality to anything that you do now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can still create for the sake of creating, but I think where a lot of artists struggle and whether they know it or not is they victimize themselves. They're like, oh, fuck commerce, fuck capitalism. I or even on a smaller scale, everyone on Etsy's doing it. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's, that's like the smaller scale where it's, you know, I, I more so go, we need a logo. We could pay someone to do a logo or save money and I could do it. Yeah, yeah. And that's the stuff where it's just, you, you don't need to... You didn't need to have a, I mean, it was a double major, right? Mm-hmm. But you didn't need to take a million classes in it. You needed to get the basics down. You already have the artistic inclination. And from there, you can create as you see fit. And teach myself. Exactly. And on top of that, you have the business sense behind it to be like, is there an angle here? Is there something we can do with this mm-hmm. to make money? Is there something that can have a larger impact on people if I don't sit there and be like, this is just for my own creative, whatever. Right. you know? And that's where I think that does frustrate me about a lot of artists is they think that the fact that 
money could be made off of it means it's automatically this devilish thing. It's like mm-hmm. the fact that money can be made off of it actually means enough people are interested in it. And you can have value. a wider impact on people and has value to people's lives. Well, and that's what Ramit said in one of the first lessons we ever took, which is um, money... For context, Ramit Sati, the yeah, entrepreneur. Yeah, he's, he's an entrepreneur and he sold a course called ZTL and Dream Job and things like that. And one of the things he said is money is more... It, it, like you can chase money like, just because you want money. Or you can look at money as a, um, he uses a different word, but as like, a, oh, validating. Mm-hmm. Money validates that your idea has worth. Yeah, totally. <laughs> if you have an idea and no one will give you money for it, it probably is not a good yeah. idea. And that's something else that I want to touch on. And it w- sorry if I'm stepping on one of your points. But we talked about this idea of enabling people to fail longer. <laughs> Um, and this actually came up in our podcast with Heidi in season one, where she was like, do you think all of these websites and all of these uh, like self-publishing and everything that you can do these days enables people to fail too long? And that's something that we've kind of gone back and forth on of like, well, you shouldn't really get, like we had this conversation yeah. yesterday where you shouldn't give up on things if you're really like interested in it and want to explore it and we'll use the buzzword passionate about it. Right. Yeah. But you do need to have people around you who will say you're doing this wrong Mm -hmm. and you should probably, and and just need to call you on your bullshit and be like more, more, and and there's a limit on that too. I've had a lot of people in my life who will just, it's gotta be good bullshit. Not just like, well, not just like the, it's, it's that same victim mindset. Like if, if you sit down and you're like, I want to explore art in my education and someone says, no, that's a completely stupid thing to do. You'll never make money. Okay, well, so does that stop you from getting a major in art or does that stop you from doing art altogether? Mm-hmm. And I think if it stops you from doing art altogether, it's a horrible thing. Right. If it stops you from maybe getting educated in art, might be an all right thing because that's a lot of money to spend an <laughs> art degree. Um, and we can debate whether college and oh, that's a whole different debate. But um, I think... I think the better question is, is if you want to get a major in art, why? <laughs> and can you learn this without paying a bunch of money? Yeah. And if you can learn it without paying a bunch of money, we talked about this yesterday, try and go that route. <laughs> and you're like, especially in the art world, if you can create it and you can explain it and you can sell it, it speaks like art doesn't speak for itself. But if you can tell the story, right. then it's worth it. Yeah, and yeah, I think on that note too. So we're in Nashville, which is the land of music, right? So the other night we're pre gaming here at the apartment. Music before. City, I believe, is what yeah. it's called according to the poster behind. Not me. Land of the Flip Side, as we, land of the flip we side. couldn't figure out at the end of that podcast recording. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you know, we're pre gaming here with a bunch of friends before going to that '90s party, and I'm obviously meeting these people for the first time. And my soul patch is really just killing just it. Crushing it in the soul patch game. And fleece vest. <laughs> and quicksilver sleeve. Long it, was, sleeve. it was great. <laughs> so with that, you know, I'm talking to different people. And when we've talked about like one of the things that we enjoy being able to say about our lives is we're never just one thing, right? So the context of the of a couple conversations I had here had me saying I'm a rapper, okay? And then one girl tells the other girl, because the next conversation relates, she's like, oh, yeah, he's a rapper for his career. Because in Nashville, again, back to, like, the context mm-hmm. of where you are, 
music as your thing is a normal thing. thing, right? Yeah. And for a second, I was like, should I correct her? Because, well, it's not like my breadwinner, right? But then I said, well, no, there's no need to correct her because it doesn't mean, just because it's not my, you know, you know, whatever, I don't make any money off of it yet. That doesn't mean, that doesn't devalue it in my mind. And two, the fact that I do that influences everything else I do yeah. to, for, to make my bread. So that is just as much a part of my career. And to your point of, are you going to find ways to infuse art into your life or whatever? Like it might not be your career and you might not get the degree in art, but can you bring art to the other things that you do? Just because it's not how you make money, it is damn sure influencing how you make money. Yeah. And we talked about it yesterday when, you know, you and I sat down and we were going through, we're like, oh, we had the same art teachers and we were going through all the different assignments that we had back in college mm-hmm. when we were taking art classes and you're like, all right, so like over there, you have that image of that person. And one of the things that, that this class taught us to do is say, well, that's not a person, you know, arching their back. That's a D mm-hmm. or a C. And you can use that to like do something else. And it's a design mindset, right. which I've, which even when I wasn't doing designy things, I've always had the design mindset. And that's what I think the most valuable part of that minor was. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's looking at everything from a design perspective and saying, it's, well, especially from a design perspective, what is the simplest thing we can do here? Right. Like the <clears throat> simplest concept and then an elaborate execution. Right. So for instance, uh, we got an assignment to do um, a picture in a picture and you had to have six pictures in a picture. I ended up creating a series of like 20 posters <laughs> and one of them had over a hundred pictures of me in it. And it was this whole funny walks thing. And it's, it, it's one of my favorite things that I've ever created, but the whole concept being, it was a very simple idea. Take this poster, reenact the poster, and put the pictures into the poster in the background. Picture in a picture. Mm-hmm. And I went and just elaborate, made it as elaborate as possible. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the th- types of thinking that I think um, really lends itself to sort of creative entrepreneurship, which is where we're trying to go. Right. Yeah, it's... Um, I also like, too, the fact that... So what we've done, you know, we've listened to so much music having driven forever on this road trip, 12,000 miles or whatever it is. And is that right? Has it been, tw- I don't even know. I it's probably been like a drive 1,000 miles, miles and I would drive no more. No, it's probably been like a <laughs> six to 8,000 mile trek. I can't remember how much we've to- done. It's a bunch, but a bunch of miles. One of the things, and we always encourage people to do this, is just start doing, right? Don't wait for everything to be perfect. So, like, we've had people on this trip be like, ah, I'm not a writer or whatever, right? Or I'm not this, I'm not that. But what what we listened to coming into Nashville, I think, was my first mixtape. Mm-hmm. And I was like, can you hear and can you, like, feel the vast difference between this from four years ago and what I put out this year? I was like, quality is different. My flow is better. But the rhyme schemes are better, all that stuff. The main thing is the mindset is different. Mm-hmm. And that too. And all this is, if I never do that in the first one, I don't get to the point of releasing the album this year, right? That is so much better in all those different categories. And that's what I kind of enjoy the most is being able to... <laughs> the refrigerator is a leprechaun in it. <laughs> so what I enjoy is the fact that you can, is being able to see, look at the progress, right? Yeah. Or like even like in all the emails I send out, my writing is substantially better. I've always thought of myself as a good writer, but my writing substantially better now than when it was in college because I just kept doing it. 
And that's one of the big things that we want to encourage people is, and it's what D Piazza mentioned when we had our podcast with him is the person that is the most successful. doesn't mean they're the best at it. They're the ones who just kept doing it. And they saw how they could improve. They didn't keep doing it in a bad way. They saw how they could improve because they didn't stop. Yeah. Well, and going on top of that, there's a, there's an even deeper thing in creating stuff, putting it out there and then being able to go back and look at it. It's, you see how much your mindset has either changed or stayed the same. Mm -hmm. So this is the whole journaling thing. Like if you journal every day and you go back and you read a journal entry from five years ago, Mm -hmm. you're going to see a lot of similarities. Like I remember when I journaled as a kid, it was like, here's what happened in my day. Like, these are my friends. This is what I did at school. You're just documenting. Yeah, I was just documenting. Yeah, it was, it was a nightly recap. Yeah, a nightly recap of my day. You're the news. And then I, but I like totally forgot about that until I went back and found my old journals. And like today, it's a little more elaborate and it's a little more introspective, but it's basically just a recap of my day when I journal, yeah. recap of the day before because I do it in the morning. And like, what did I maybe glean from that recap? Um, and yesterday we were talking, we were sitting at the restaurant and I was like, oh my gosh, when I was younger, I used to always draw on like the paper or the napkins at, at restaurants because we were talking about technology yeah. and now people are just on their phones instead of like, you know, doing something creative on a piece of paper. And the character that I would always draw, which I'm kind of sketching out here as we talk, was a half, <coughs> half man, half robot cowboy. And one of the things I was just researching the other day was cyborgs and I'm always going to forget the second one that I was comparing it to, but cyborgs and like augmented humans. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I call myself Inspector Gadget, which is basically, you know, half robot, half man. And what I think is so funny is that when I was a little kid, that's what interests me. And I totally forgot about this character until we were talking about it last night. And I'm like, it's still what interests me today. Yeah. Like that interest hasn't changed. It, ha- it hasn't gone away. Maybe I should think about that a little right. bit. Yeah. Like, how can that be applied? What what things can I learn from it? And why have I not looked into it more? Yeah. Um, and I think that this podcast has done the same thing. You go back and you listen to an episode from season one, we're going to be able to compare how far we've come, what's changed totally. our mindset. I realized things about my past relationship that I didn't know until I heard myself saying it. <laughs> so, like... You know, you really do get a lot out of recording things and creating things and putting it out there. And then, you know, six years later, looking back at it and saying, holy crap, I still believe that or I've changed my mind on that. Well, yeah. And to that point, too, I think it's almost like kind of embracing or or really taking a step back to think about like what are or what were the things I defaulted to growing up? Like you defaulted to doodling on a napkin. And when I say default, I mean like that's your natural behavior when Mm -hmm. you're not thinking about anything else is to doodle and doodle this specific image of half robot, half cowboy. And now it infuses into your life now that you think about it again. So when you think more about that, it's like that's what you should push more towards in your life and your career and all that stuff is the things that you naturally default to. It's so easy to do everything you don't want to do and don't default to. And this is where I know people will say, but there's realities of making money and all that stuff. Yes, okay, yes, it's all fair. It doesn't mean you have to stop doing the things you enjoy right. altogether. It doesn't mean you can't do art on the side. It doesn't mean you can't write on the side. It doesn't mean you can't whatever, bake, cook, whatever it might be. When you're the sitting there distracting yourself with Netflix and Facebook, 
what are you avoiding? Mm-hmm. What what are you wishing you could be doing? Right. But instead, it sounds too scary or too hard, or you've been told it was dumb, mm-hmm. and now you don't do it anymore. Because when I I played my first CD for you in the car, and that is embarrassing to listen to, sort of. I and, I mean I don't know I enjoy about half of it. But I, I <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's 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 about right. And uh, and but like even just that, I'm like sitting there, I'm like that was whatever the output was, that was one of the most fun times I ever had. And I yeah. like, texted all my old bandmates with the nineties party image. And like, I was like, you know, I miss you guys. Like, this yeah. is like some seriously fun stuff that we did together. And I love the fact that, yeah, maybe it took two years to make that album, but, but the output, regardless, the experience of making that album and being that creative for two years straight mm-hmm. was awesome because yeah. I would be constantly writing lyrics in my phone. I'd be constantly keeping my brain active right. And that's the key. It, it has nothing to do with whether or not it leads to a money-making thing or something like that. It has to do with the fact that every day I was keeping my brain engaged and active and not distracting myself from what I actually enjoyed doing, which plays into your day job. If you're going home every day and you're just stale and you're not learning anything, then you're going to be stale at work. You have to keep your brain active and engaged. That's why Lumosity even exists. Right. <laughs> If you're not constantly pushing your brain to learn new things and to explore new ideas, it's going to get stale. Well, and even on top of that, what was really interesting to me as we were listening to your old CD, The Slam Daddies, starring in Skankasaurus Rex, <laughs> um, you know, that's, that's a part of your creative past, right? But you prefaced everything with, this is going to be really bad, but I want you to hear it anyways. And yeah. I'm like... And like, like you'd skip over some and be like, well, this one's bad. And I was like, well, wait, let me be the judge of that. Yeah. Why are you automatically devaluing it before I've had a chance to make an opinion? Yeah, that's the same thing we say to people. It's like, I want to ask you a question. Just ask the question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I think that's interesting because uh, it's almost, it's, it's running away from it. That's what it is, right? You're, you're, or you're, you're, you're thinking my reaction is going to be one way, so you're already tempering your own emotion by being like, let me call out first that it's not good. And my only reaction or my only bad reaction was, I think if the audio, I was like, the audio quality kind of sucks. If that were better, like this is on point. And I was like, and your voice is a little hollow on certain notes. So if you just sang in a different key, this would have been great. And that was my only knock. I was like, this is good music to listen to. I enjoy it. It's just that if it was recorded in a better environment, I was like, that was like the one thing I noticed. Yeah. Well, and that kind of plays into, um, sort of, a lot of the things that we do in our career and our life, which is, you know, if we make fun of ourselves first, or we say, the, if, if we do that, if, if we do the negative thing to ourselves, mm-hmm. then no one else can do it to us, Yeah, which is bullshit because they can still do it to you. <laughs> and you also have the negative thought in your head about yourself. And I think, um, that is something I fight even today. It's, it's the idea that, um, I am not fully confident in what I'm working on. So, and and I see this in artists all the time. It's like, I can't show this yet. It's not ready. And one of my favorite things that I've seen is this one event in Chicago. I haven't been to it, but I've heard about it. It's called like a a paint and burn or something like that. Okay. So everyone, they call a bunch of artists to this event and you display your work to sell. And if it sells, then it lasts and people take it home. If it doesn't sell, they burn everything at the end of the night. Mm-hmm. which I think is brilliant. I think that is so smart to take away the emotional attachment 
to everything that you create. Like, yes, you can put a lot of emotion into it, but once the emotion is in it, let it go. Yeah. Because if, if I'm still listening to those songs and feeling like it's not good enough, that was however many years ago, come on, get past it. Like, you can't be embarrassed about that stuff still. Mm-hmm. You need to just be like, yep, that's what it was, moving on, what's right. the next thing? Um, <clears throat> because, you know, too often you're like, no, I have to hold on to this one thing, which prevents you from moving on to the next thing. Right. If you can't let that emotion go and move on to the next thing that you need to now put your emotion into, like you can't split your emotion that way. Yeah. It doesn't work. Well, and yeah, a lot of that comes from, again, you just keep doing it, right? And then you find different ways to to either express yourself or to, to take that project, whatever it might be. Like, you know, we're talking to our friend Kelsey yesterday and she's like, so I have all these ideas and it's tough for me to figure out which one to get started with first. And we're just like, just pick one and you'll figure out how to fit volunteering or how to fit mm-hmm. travel into it or how to fit whatever into it. Because when it's all theory, then it's all theory and you'll never get anywhere. But when you just pick one and start, you will naturally find a way. Like, like with writing, I naturally found a way to talk about Seinfeld and talk about wrestling and talk about video games in my writing. I didn't sit there from the start and be like, oh my God, I can talk about all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, where am I even going to get going? I just started writing. Like you didn't sit down and put together a, a bulleted list of Seinfeld quotes that you want to put into. Yes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I think that's, it's almost like a don't think just do yeah. mentality, yeah. which has you know, upsides and downsides, but at the very least you have something to your name then. And instead of being the person who is, I have all these ideas, you're the person who's now, Here's what Look I'm at doing. all the ideas yeah. that I've experienced. Exactly. Yeah. And I think one one thing we've heard, and I've even said in the past, um, or I've seen, you know, there have been a lot of examples of this where it's like, oh, I'm a thinker. Um, I just need to find someone who's a doer. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, well, maybe. But also, if all you do is come up with ideas, what happens if that person leaves or dies or something? Like, yeah. oh, no, I'm lost. I have to find someone else. Like, and we were talking about design. It's like designers no longer can just be print designers. Like that's not a thing. You have to do print. You have to do video. You have to do websites. You have to know how to code. You have to know how to write. You have to know how to um, photograph. Mm-hmm. You need you need the whole package, or they won't look at you. And you know this is something that um, Tony Hawk talked about. He's like, yeah, I could have just like skateboarding was my one thing. He's like, that's what I love the most, and I became the absolute best at skateboarding. But I also knew I had to understand business and clothing and fashion and textiles. It's like, do you think I care about textiles? No, but I want to be skateboarding my whole life. Yeah. And I can't be doing 900s when I'm you know, 55. Right. So I need a clothing line. I need a skateboard line. I need skateboarding to surround every aspect of my life. And yeah. I need to understand the whole business. Yeah, and that's, that's kind of to the point of um, not pigeonholing yourself, right? Explore something deeply, but don't let it limit you. And it's that whole Hulk Hogan versus The Rock thing, right? And, and one of the things that I like to say is this concept of make yourself necessary. Hulk Hogan's not necessary anymore. Hulk Hogan, or excuse me, Tony Hawk is still necessary to the skateboarding industry because he's more than, he's old now. He can't skateboard really except for leisurely, right? I'm sure he can still kick ass. Yeah, I'm sure he can still kick ass, right? But yeah. But... He means more than just being Tony Hawk, the skateboarder. Yeah. He's Tony Hawk, the 
safety prevent or you know safety wear a helmet person. Yeah. He's Tony Hawk, the designer. He's Tony Hawk, the skateboarding team owner, that kind of stuff. Well, and he's made <clears throat> such a name for himself that when they come out with the Funny or Die fake um, hoverboard video, uh, guess who's in it? Yeah, Tony Hawk. Exactly. <laughs> and that's the kind of stuff where you know, like we taught our workshop in Austin, our Art of Awesome workshop, and we're like. I hope you don't want to be the same person today that you are in 30 years. I hope you don't want to be the same person that you are today because then there's, that means there's no growth and you don't want to do anything different than what's happening right now. And I don't know what's going to happen for me or for us in 30 years, but I'm pretty confident we won't be doing the exact same thing in 30 years that we're doing today. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that, so that plays into, um, we had our podcast with Heidi though, where we said, when, how do you know when to stop? Mm-hmm. And there's two kinds of stopping. There's the stop and give up on the whole idea. Or there's the stop this one tactic. So if you're in a band and that band isn't working and you say, well, I'm done with music. That's a really big jump to go, this band isn't working. I'm done with music in my (laughs) life. Which is what I did when I left my band. And it's like... Why did I cut out, you know, writing lyrics? Like, is that really such a bad thing to write lyrics mm-hmm. just in my spare time for fun? Yeah. No. But for some reason, I thought I, because I didn't have a band to write lyrics for, writing lyrics was a stupid thing to do. Mm-hmm. And so that part of my creative writing disappeared. And it just seems strange that people think that you have to give up on every aspect of a dream just because one part isn't working out. So it's like, oh, I got to see in you know, art when I was a kid or flip it around. I got a C in math. So I should never, ever look at a spreadsheet. Right. What? (laughs) That's insane. Like, first of all, all the math is done for you through Excel now. So (laughs) you just learn how to organize and you're fine. (laughs) And like that, that's the equivalent of saying, um, you know, my band didn't work out in high school, so I can never look at music again. Yeah. Like, that's ridiculous. And then you have people who are like, I stopped playing guitar until I was 40, and then I had to pick it up again. Because why have I not been doing this the whole time? Yeah. Even if it's just a creative outlet that relaxes you at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's... Um, I, li- I like that point a lot. I also think... It's a matter of, it goes back to the defaulting thing, right? Like, again, we go out and wander Nashville yesterday, and Kelsey, who we're staying with here, she's like, yeah, I have something I need to get done. We come back, and, like, when we left... She was doing laundry. Well, when we left, <laughs> that, that chalkboard mirror thing was still a mirror. Yeah. And she had just sprayed the chalkboard paint on it. And for everyone's context, she found a mirror in the attic of her apartment and has now turned it into, instead of a mirror that just hangs on the wall... It is now, it has chalkboard paint on, or chalkboard spray paint on it, and she wrote in chalkboard marker, Home Sweet Home. So now it's a piece of art. It went from a raggedy old mirror to a really nice looking piece of art. So when we left... In less than a day. Yeah, and when we left the house, it was still a mirror, and she had just sprayed the chalkboard paint. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, this is going to take like two more weeks to get done. We come back, and it's fucking done. It took two hours for her to get done. And that was the thing that she defaulted to. So when I see that, I'm like... You know, I was like, this is what you put on Etsy, right? This is the shit that's like, people pay $500 a crate and barrel for it. It's crap because it's stock produced. It's printed on or whatever. Like, this is a handmade original thing. And this is the shit that, like, when I see people do that, I'm like, how can you not do more of this? How can you not, or how can you possibly limit this creativity? Do you? Well, and, like, in that same same point, um, 
uh, someone someone sent a text, I guess, yesterday morning and was like, hey, I'm building you guys a picnic table. Uh, yeah. And he, in one day, built an entire picnic table. Right. And we're like, we're like, oh, no, but the, he's been working on that for a while, <laughs> right? No, he built a picnic table today. Yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> I wandered the city. That was, uh, that yeah. was the extent of what I did yesterday. <laughs> but then now as I talk about that, what I think about, because in my mind, I'm like, oh, man, like that's so crazy to do. But it's your natural inclination, right? And yeah. conversely, the road trip song I made. I did it like in 40 minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I wrote the lyrics over the course of a couple of weeks. Road trip, yeah. But the actual production of the song came together in about 45 minutes to an hour, yeah. recording it and, and producing it. And same with you. Like, I'll leave and come back, and you're like, so here's all these things I drew out. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and then what I'm, my point is, it's easy to look at someone and be like, oh, but they're really good at it. But everyone has a something that they can because it's their natural inclination, yeah. they, you can just bang out, right? Or like when I like write a blog post, it takes 45 minutes to an hour. Well, I'm sure it was much easier, yeah, it was much easier for you to do this song than your first song. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because, it, yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's another one in the series, right? Yeah. It's not, and just like our podcast, we don't ever stress out, regardless of who the guest is at this point. Even when I'm the guest. <laughs> regardless of who the guests are on our show, like take Srini for instance take a step back it's kind of fucking crazy that we had Srini on our show considering that was one of the first I think you as well I know yeah. for myself one of the first podcasts I ever listened to which was I only even known about podcasts for about two to three years yeah so knowing that that was one of the first podcasts I ever listened to and being like man that guy's really cool to now being like oh he's on our show yeah. and him telling us you guys have like one of the coolest shows I've ever heard, and this is one of the best interviews or sit downs I've ever done. Oh, done yeah, like that's pretty insane, right? But it, but and that's only when we take a step back. Yeah, while we're doing it, we're just like, like, you know, it's whatever. It's another person coming over that we're having a conversation with. I fanboyed a little. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I mean, that was like the third podcast. It was like This American Life, Freakonomics. The Unmistakable Creative, and I binge listened. Might have been my three. I, I know, definitely know. This American Life was the first one I ever listened yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. And but yeah, Unmistakable was probably second, or third. <laughs> yeah, and so it it yeah it kind of blows my mind. But that also now, now that we've done things like that, it kind of makes me go, well, shit, what's next? Like yeah. we just leveled up. Yeah. So now what's the, like the first level up was like okay, we are actually doing something outside of work. The second level up was, all right, now we are making some money doing something mm-hmm. outside of work. Third level up was like, now we can leave work and do this. Yeah. Now it's like, we've done this big thing. And um, I don't know, like, I kind of want to keep leveling up, but I also don't want to get too ahead of myself where it's like, it's okay if you take a step back and then move forward. Or like, it's okay to not be like, what's sex, what's sex, what's sex? Like, freak yeah, yeah, out. Yeah, like, totally. you, you can kind of like be like, that was awesome like that's what this whole podcast was like appreciate it know that it's possible and then take the time to really plan out the next one and like go forward yeah and I I, really I think I think the point I was trying to make there is the it's not it's not scary right Mm. once you just start doing it it's like or like we'll we'll talk about someone right we'll talk about someone's work like in the car and then I'll just be like yeah let's get him on our show and it might not be like tomorrow we have that person on our show, but I kind of know like one way or another, we can pretty much get to the people that we want to get to, mm-hmm. whether it takes a month or whether it takes a year. 
Like, we, and I'm sure we, we basically we'll run we, into we've, a hard no. Yeah, and that's, and that's okay. fine. <laughs> but what we've done is grant ourselves access. Yeah. Right. We have a seat at the table to to be at the table we want to be at. That's the point, right? Yeah. It's like think about Thanksgiving, right? And you have you're growing up and you're there's the kids table that's like the Tyco like laid out yeah. classic thing and there's the adult dinner table and you're in that in between stage Wait, where you're still to sitting move at to the, the kids. adult table. <laughs> you're in that in between stage where they you're got Jello, man. <laughs> and wine. <laughs> <laughs> I just dip my Jello in the wine. You know? I'd love to stay and taste my first champagne. Yes. No. No. <laughs> What's that from? Sound of Music. Oh, that's actually in Sound of Music. Yeah. Oh, man, it's been a long So anyway, time. so you're at the Thanksgiving <laughs> table, and it's like you're, it's, it's that you're in the in-between age of you want to be at the adult table, but they're still putting at the kids' table because you're like <coughs> 10 years old. And that's kind of what we graduated from was the kids' table. Now mm-hmm. we're at the adult table that we want to be at. And now it's, you know, there are... There are so many people who are one degree away from us. It's just a matter of we got to figure out when do we want to talk to that person and, and, and what makes sense for and both of us. And is there a reason? And yeah. is there a reason, yeah. Which I, like, that to me I think is, is a great, I think it's a great mark of, the, of what we're doing and that we're doing the right things. That well, and there's, well, there's a lot of different ways you can measure your success. Yeah. And one of our earliest podcasts was what is your definition of success, right? The unreleased it. The one that never made oh, it. Oh, yeah. We that never did. T- that was a test episode. And you will never hear it. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, not, no, not for that. It was bad. It was just that there was too much background noise, right? We did it at the restaurant. Because that's where we were testing. Could we do this at breakfast places? Eat breakfast and do a podcast? Yeah. And, the and there was too is, much background noise and like me chewing while talking. I think, oh, yeah. Yeah. That was... Too many jalapenos. Yeah. And no, wait, but, wait, hang on. Let me sidebar for a second. But even to that point, we didn't. The first thing we did with this podcast was not. We took our first thing and tried to put it out to everyone. We tested. Yeah. Does this work? No. Okay, let's do it this format instead. All right. So that goes to the point of enabling failure. Mm. Um, one of the things that we talked about is if you put something out there and it. And this is actually one of the reasons that I've started so many things and not pursued them. Granted, I didn't do the, the legwork to find an audience for it. I'm sure there is an audience. And actually, yesterday when we talked about if you approached it this way, it might really work. Because mm-hmm. uh, I was approaching it from a guy's perspective. But if you approach it from a woman's perspective, it'd be a really funny idea. Sure. Um, and we're not going to go into what the idea is right now. But <laughs> the whole point being, um, you know, I would put things out there and I would see that there wasn't much response. And... You can look at it two ways. One, well, you didn't do the background work to to enable an audience that would respond, yeah. which is what I ended up learning from all of this, and which is why we started this company. Right. Um, and so I look at it that way as I was not ready for any of those projects mm-hmm. to go really deep. And it wasn't... That's a good point. Yeah. It wasn't until I got to this point that I'm like, all right, now I can find an idea that really goes to, which is what we're doing with the course. Yeah. And, um, enabling people to fail longer. If you're putting stuff out there and it's not getting responses, like, so let's say you do a Kickstarter and it doesn't get funded. Are you going to just say, well, that didn't get funded and keep doing the exact same thing. Or are you going to say that didn't get funded? I need to reevaluate. I didn't know why it didn't get funded. Yeah. I need to know what went wrong. Yeah. What went wrong? What am I doing do I not have an audience? Is mm-hmm. it the wrong message? Is it the wrong... Am I not explaining this correctly? Right. What are the things that you need to go fix yeah. or change and adapt your idea 
for it to succeed. Because, you know, it's the Einstein quote, whatever. If you keep doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results, that's the definition of insanity. Um, that's, that's kind of the whole mindset where, you know, you can still use the same idea, but you better find a different way to execute it or a different tactic or a different something because the idea means nothing if it's not executed right. You called to make this an hour and a half episode? Yeah. How long is it right now? We're at 104 right now. All right. Okay. So to the point of the insanity thing and doing the same thing over expecting different results or like if you do a Kickstarter campaign, it doesn't get funded and then you just keep pushing forward with the same idea and don't pivot. My experience with that is, you know, we listened to my first mixtape, right, in the car. And I was like, listen to the difference between that and now. And that's because, you know, I put that first one out. And granted, I didn't do it in a nearly as, like, the type of fashion I did this time. And I wasn't doing shows. And I was still kind of afraid of everything, of putting the music out there. But it was something that people did not give a second listen to. And I had to look at why is this not getting – why why do people not want to put this on their iTunes outside of obligation to me? Is it because 24 references are dated? <laughs> is it, yeah, that's part of it. People don't really – not everyone understands 24, right? <laughs> Two. If you haven't seen 24, you're going to hate my album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, there's a, there's a number of reasons. That's part of it. But at the end of the day, I was like, well – I have good rhymes, but they don't flow over the beat. I got to figure out how to get flow to match the beat better. And then that takes me to the point of like this year where, you know, I'm hanging out with our friend Levi and he's naturally humming one of my songs. Yeah, to it happened me, to me yesterday. Right. And that goes to what, what happened? You were humming one of my yeah. songs. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> and, but I'm not going to tell you because I don't want to inflate your <laughs> <laughs> But and then that goes back to the point you made before I sidetracked us, which is how are you defining success, right? And that's, a, that's for me, that's a mile marker of success is now people I know are naturally humming my music, mm-hmm. which means I'm doing something right. Because I'm not asking them, yeah. what do you think of my song? Or, hey, you think about my song? They're naturally doing it. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, well, you, you had a point you were going to make about that before I went on the sidebar. Well, I have no idea what oh, okay. that point was. Uh, I do know that... Um, I, my friend Dave has always been the guy who's like, oh my God, Martin's here. We're putting on the slam daddies. <laughs> and like, he'll do that with like, and he gets really like, um, our friend Heidi, uh, he, every time he sees her, he like pulls up, it's on his phone, her song <laughs> and like, he'll play it cause he loves it so much. And like, even if it's just the one person, um, it means that there's maybe that song isn't, you know, for everyone, but, uh, in my case, but it's. You know, I'm not going to keep doing something that died in the 90s. But that does mean that inherently I have something that people will bounce their head to or get excited about. Mm-hmm. And if I don't follow music, which is fine because I'm not a musician, um, I and you, you talk about classifying yourself as things, I still won't classify myself as a musician. But um, Well, but I would say I would agree with you that because you're not still doing it. Well, yeah. But if you were still doing it in any capacity, I would say you could classify yourself as that. Well, absolutely. And that's why I don't classify mm-hmm. Because, like, yeah, I, even if I write a song here or there, I'm not going to go perform it. Like, that's not in... It's not something I have a drive to do. Sure. And, and that's so, fine. Yeah. And so... But the point being is that I can create something that gets someone excited. Yeah. And that I know I'm able to do. And so how do I keep pursuing that? And really what it was um, is that I... Less than the actual song, it was more so what the song was about. The song he likes the most... 
is Namfless, which is none of my friends like Ska. Oh, yeah. And he's like, dude, I'm your friend and I like Ska. And like, that's what kind of got him. Um, Cause he likes all music. And yeah. so he's like, I found some, a topic that got him excited. And so regardless of whether it's a great song or a bad song, in his mind, he loves it. It's a great song. Yeah. Other people's minds, it's not. But the point being is that I know that I can find things that get people excited and I can explain them in funny and interesting ways. Mm-hmm. And that whole song is like kind of an ironic thing because it's a ska song about no one liking ska and about how hard it is to write a song that people like when you're doing ska music. Right. <laughs> and so the, 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 whole, the whole idea of it is what I think gets him excited and so i take that and i apply that in other places yeah almost all of my artwork has some sort of like inherent like questioning of itself in its own piece so. mm-hmm. yeah and, and i think part of that too is it doesn't matter that a hundred people aren't bobbing their head to it you got one person uh-huh. to bob their head, which means maybe there might be a second person if you choose to explore that path and if there's a second person, then you can get to 30 and then 50 and then 100 or whatever that might that number might be. Well, I think it's also just validating for yourself that, you know, people are interested in what you're doing. Right. Like, for the most part, like, we talk about people aren't paying that close attention so you can fuck up and it's okay. Mm-hmm. But when people are paying attention because you've invited them and you're engaging them, then you can still fuck up because they're not paying so close attention that they notice every little thing. Like they don't notice every time we screw up on this podcast, but I do. Uh, (laughs) But, um, the, the point being is that if, if you're someone who has a friend, (laughs) you are someone who has something interesting about you, which is everyone. So like, let's, let's explore what it is that people find interesting about you and do more of that. Mm -hmm. Because I think like, you know, Lindsay's amazing. Not Lindsay. Kelsey. Kelsey. <laughs> Screwing up so on the So bad at names. Lindsay we had on our show. Lindsay, we, that's why it's written in front of me. But, um, so Kelsey's amazing at that chalkboard art. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to probably send her chalkboard art when I find it. Yeah. Out. And, like, that's an interesting thing. And I know she's going to pursue that because we've talked about it. Um, but if you have things that people are like, that's a really cool thing about you. Don't just be like, I know, but it's just, okay, it's put it under the couch. Yeah. Like, I knit, but I don't... Yeah, I embrace I don't, it. I don't... Yeah, yeah. Fucking embrace it. Yeah. Put it out there. Like, that's all that matters. Well, and I'm glad you said that, because that brought up something in my mind about, and this going back to, like, ways you can define success, right? Because it's not all just monetary. That's not the only marker of it. Uh, but what I really enjoy now, and as we do this podcast more and everything like that, is when will get an email from someone who's like, hey, I thought you might appreciate it. It's like a link to something mm-hmm. else. And it's like, hey, you were talking about so-and-so or such and such. thought you might appreciate this as well. And the fact that people are sending us the things that we want to learn more about and want to explore versus, or see. Here's my political opinion. <laughs> yeah, versus that. Or, you know, and, and sports is another topic for, for whatever. And I don't, I have, you know... It's just it's not as big of a part of my life as it used to be, which is I'm I'm cool with that. But I'm happy that my only articles that I get sent to me now are not like fantasy football updates from people because that's not where like my life. I don't want it to revolve around. I do fantasy football. I play fantasy football. I want my life to revolve around that. And the things I do want my life to revolve around are the things that people now naturally are sent. Like when Nicole sends us that article, like, hey, guys, here's this or even just 
I saw this list of things you could do in whatever it was, like California, check it out. That's the kind of stuff that I like or the fact that you, and you, same thing for me. I was like, now I know next time I come across someone's Etsy thing or someone's whatever, or this article about this type of craft DIY art, she's going to get an email from me because I'll be like, Hey, I know you're into this. Take a look. And then that's what starts to feed the creative engine in someone. And Mm -hmm. you don't feel like you're so alone in your creative pursuit because once you start doing it and you just, all it took was two people who do not live in this house, you and I to see that, to now say, we're going to send stuff to her when we, when we come across it. And now we're talking about it on a fucking podcast, right? Now a hundred something people are going to hear this and they don't know her specifically, but I'm pretty sure we'll probably end up putting her work out somewhere yeah, to help her. Well, and that, you know, if you're making things and you're putting it out there, you will meet other people that are making things and putting it out there. If you keep it a secret, you'll never meet other people that do what you like to do. And, mm-hmm. you know, if if uh, right now the only person I can talk to Batman about is my brother and my friend from middle school. <laughs> well, that's not a whole lot of people to explore that interest. Or, like, I know nobody that rides a longboard. Right. So, like, how am I going to ever learn? Like, I had to look up how to do the footing on it yeah. myself. Like, I can't, I don't have a friend who I can be like, oh, dude, you've been longboarding a while. Like, how do you do it? Mm-hmm. Like, it's me and myself and a video from the internet. And it's like, that's fine. But eventually, I'd like to be able to talk about these things with people who don't just glaze over. Yeah. Like, you know, with sports, it's I could sit there and pretend to like sports, and my eyes are glazed over, and everyone kind of understands that I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, or I can just say, you know, not for me right now. I'm going to go do something I enjoy. Yeah. Um, and that helps other people, because then they don't feel stupid for liking what they like. Like, right. I don't sit there and go, sports are dumb, you're dumb. I sit there going... I feel like, you know, maybe I'm probably missing out on something. I just don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just the same way someone will watch, a, you know, that Batman cartoon and be like, I'm sure I'm missing, or Doctor Who. I'm sure I'm missing out on something, but I don't know what. Right. <laughs> I've yeah, heard that fine. before, and I don't care. <laughs> like, yeah. that's, that's the whole point. And, you know, if you, at the very least, even if it, and this goes back to success measures, even if you don't, make money off of your love of Doctor Who, which is probably never going to happen, <laughs> um, you're going to be with people who like that thing. And right. everyone says after college, it's impossible to meet friends. Not if you're putting your interests out there. Mm-hmm. If you're putting your interests out there and not being ashamed that you're at Comic-Con, like the first time I went to Comic-Con, I was like, I, I actually, I think I embraced it pretty well. I <laughs> put it out kind of everywhere. But um, I, I know there were years that I didn't go to Comic-Con because I'm like, I don't want people thinking I'm someone who goes to Comic-Con. Yeah. And then I went and I had like a, a Superman shirt on and I had a Doctor Who mug and right. all this different stuff. And now, I mean, that's on my Tinder profile and I get comments about it. Like that, And that's <laughs> those, a girl you'd want to date if she's into that, Exactly. Right? And like I, we were flipping through the channels when you guys were going to put the game on and I was like, ooh, Doctor Who, new season tonight. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, and she's like, you know, oh, my old roommate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, he'd be soulmate. <laughs> yeah, too bad she's a boyfriend. But, uh, <laughs> but like, that's the thing. Like, when someone will be like, oh, I know someone who would be your soulmate because you're both interested in this thing. Yeah, it's a, it's an exaggeration, but it's also a really awesome thing because if, if I meet someone who's really into uh, Etsy and who's really yeah. into chalkboard design or foil cutting or things like that, right? It's 
it's probably somewhat good for her. You yeah. Know? And I think what's, what's funny about it too is you just start to, when you embrace it, you just naturally, like where, yeah, Saturday, we're over at Rock Island Park, we're cliff diving, right? Mm-hmm. I can't be in that scenario and not do a wrestling move, right? Yeah. So like jumping 30 feet into, into a pool of water, into that, whatever you call it, gulch, lagoon, whatever, I don't know what you call it. But I think you're choosing the wrong example for this. I think you should choose the example from the bars when the girl power slammed you into the ground. Or that. But yeah, <laughs> but, but that's another, right? Because I'm saying I'm doing it in one arena, I'm going to do it in another arena, not a wrestling arena, but... Your life is a wrestling arena. Yeah, of course. <laughs> my my music. And this is Raj Nation. Wonderful! <laughs> <laughs> so, no, but I'm saying the fact that I'm comfortable expressing it in one place means I can express it in another place. So we, you know, we're jumping 30 feet off a cliff into a big pool of water. I can't not be in that scenario and be like, I'm the macho man, Randy Savage. And I'm going <laughs> to elbow drop into the water, brother. Like that kind of stuff. Yeah. And people will laugh about it and that. And no one in that group was totally into wrestling, but they were like, Oh, that's funny. That's cool. Whatever. And then I can then take that too. And they honestly were saying, I wish I liked something bad. <laughs> <laughs> And then, you know, we go to that bar in Nashville and the group of girls we hang out with and have this insane night, which is like going to be like one of those, man, remember that crazy night? <laughs> yeah. What is, what is like the first like 15 minutes? The girl gives me the stone cold stunner in the middle of the bar. Yeah. Which also everyone at the bar, like there's that whole group of dudes who are just like <gasps> stone cold. <Yeah. laughs> And, and hey, you never would have known that other people in that bar liked wrestling. Yeah. So. Well, what I've learned is that every, it's hidden. You can always find it. It's just when <laughs> someone has to bring it out. Yeah, if so I have to be that catalyst, and so be it. Yeah. Well, and that's the key. <laughs> can you be the catalyst that brings that out? Because, like, if, if you're hanging out with a group of people and you all enjoy a certain topic, but everyone in that group is too embarrassed to bring it up, what are you missing out on? Yeah. You're missing out on a hell of a good conversation. Yeah. Because... The second someone brings it up and the whole room goes, yeah, like that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's the thing that you can, as you start to talk about it, you see someone's, the smile slowly starts to get bigger. Their eyes start to widen. And before you know it, it's been like an hour and a half and you're yeah. still talking about that thing. Yeah. And, and you know, we specifically in that instance, we end up again, having this crazy night that we're out until 6 a.m., Due to the fact that you're not embarrassed to just start grabbing a girl and swing dancing, dancing, swing dancing, yeah. and I'm gonna be, and I don't even know how wrestling came up in the conversation. It doesn't matter. But does it? this girl does, <laughs> you know, does a stone cold stunt in the middle of the bar, and instead of like, hi, I'd like to talk to you and uh-huh. get to know you better. <laughs> Are you doing an impression of me? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just it's the things that like everyone can laugh at, and because we're not ashamed to just be doing or. The 90s party night, right? Like, we go to the bar after the 90s party. You look fucking insane because you're in a 90s outfit. I have my hair gelled to the nines. I'm wearing a a yellow reversible fleece vest. (laughs) Yellow pants with huge pockets. Cargo pants. Yellow cargo pants that elastic around the waist. (laughs) Elast uh, buttons that roll up the knees. Uh, It was more 90s than I ever was in the 90s. Yeah. (laughs) And, like... I was in a ska band and this beat anything I ever wore. Yeah. And I look at the pictures and I'm like, oh my God, that looks so, first of all, accurate. And second of all, horrible. But also <laughs> just like when we got to that bar, I didn't give a crap. Like it actually was empowering to be like, this isn't, this is so ridiculous that anything I, it's kind of that idea where it's like, 
I love being in Chicago because no matter how weird you're being, there's someone who's weirder. <laughs> like, I'll be walking down the street, like, singing a musical, like, joking with my friends, and I'll be like, oh, that was really strange. And then I'll see, like, I don't know, a homeless person peeing in the corner. So, like, it's not as weird as that, so I'm good. <laughs> like, and I love that idea that there's, whatever you're doing, if you're having fun, people will smile. Because if you're smiling, people want to smile along. Like, mm-hmm. And if you come across the people at the bar who just don't want to be having a good time, then get the hell away from those people. Like, right. like you're not going to change their yeah. night. And so, like resting bitch face girl or yeah. guy who's too cool to dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're too cool to enjoy the dance party that you came to. <laughs> like, why did you pay twenty five dollars to get in here right. if you don't want to dance? Well, I don't understand that <laughs> mindset. So. Yeah, it's if you're if you're gonna go somewhere and do something, commit to the, the fact that you love it. Yeah, um, and another part of that too is so at that bar after the '90s party where you're in your you're literally in a time machine because you're dressed in the '90s and we're in the year 2015, uh-huh. and you start you know you just grab that girl by the hand and you just start spinning her and before you know it like the entire bar is taking cell phone video of you two because it's this like <laughs> spectacle that's funny and just like amazing at the same time that neither of you know what's going on but you're somehow both in sync yeah not the band but <laughs> well yeah, i was in sync actually and i was doing bye 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 but no and and actually that also takes off any pressure which i think a lot of people have anxiety at bars like well, how do i go talk to someone um if your goal is just to have a lot of fun and mm-hmm. other people's goals are just to have a lot of fun, it doesn't, you don't need to hit on people. You just need to right. be having fun and people want to join in the fun. Right. That's the biggest thing I've noticed on this trip is we go into places with the only, des- the only thing that we have a desire to do is have a great time. And because we do that, people just gravitate toward it. Yeah. And that has not been what I've always done. <laughs> when I was in Chicago in college, I'd go to bars or parties and I'd like that mindset is like hit on people. And like, Mm -hmm. I'm too high anxiety to do that. So I would just sit quietly with my drink and like hate everything. And like, that's just not the way to approach a bar. Like you, you, you approach anything in life with the express desire of having fun and just geeking out and fanboying and you're going to have a good time. Yeah. Okay. So I'll add to that in a second, but to go back to, just the fact that you know you're out on this dance floor at the bar having a blast, the band's playing, you got everyone's watching you guys laughing, and it's a, it's a great time. And I don't know, call it competitive nature, call <laughs> it whatever you want to call it. In that moment, I was because I'm a lot of times I'm the guy who's on the dance floor. Yeah, and like if we're not hanging out, I'm you know, and I'm out with other people, I'm the guy who's in the middle of the dance floor, and I'm like, well, this is not me right now, and I'm not gonna steal his thunder. And I just still didn't try to steal your thunder, but I was like, how could I not like want to get on this level? Well, I made that exact same joke. Uh, they're like, wait, Raj is getting on stage. I'm like, what? You think he's going to watch me dance? Yeah, like no, that that's not exactly, get on stage. Exactly. That's exactly it. You think he's not going to get on my level yeah. and like enjoy this night as much as I'm enjoying it? Exactly. Or? And that's what I'm that's what I'm saying is it's like if you're around the people who are going to elevate that or whatever, like because if you had just if we got there and you had just been like casually sipping your drink or whatever and that was it and trust me I've been the one to instigate before and it's great but in that moment I just wasn't feeling to, like yeah. I was the gonna be the instigator yeah. but the fact that you went out there and made this like spectacle I was like and, I, and I'm not gonna steal your thunder by trying to get out there as well and dan- and do crazy <laughs> dancing there were too many tables around sure <laughs> I have to be like, well, I'm not going to be the stoolie. Like, I'm, <laughs> I got to get on this level too. And so when, you know, I, I, and I, 
now I'm at the point where if I see a band, I see an opportunity to get on stage, yeah. I'm going to do it. And it, I asked the guy, I'm like, what's it going to take to get on stage? And he's like 40 bucks. And I'm like, all right, well, there's that. And I'll, you know, great. And I have one person pitching five bucks. Yeah. What's 40 <laughs> bucks in the grand scheme? Yeah. And it was worth the moment. And on top of that, um, well, so my point with that is if you want to be on a certain level, be on other people or be with be, other people yeah. who are going to be at that level. Yeah. Cause I have friends that I go out with and we're, I'm, I'm typically a little more anxious at bars yeah. and, um, you know, so are they, or they're even less so than I am. And the, the absolute worst thing that ever happens is if I'm like at a wedding or if I'm at, uh, if I go out with friends and I start stepping up the level and trying to have a great time and they're like, come on, man. Right. Come on, man. What? Come on. What are you doing? Like, what, you're going to dance now? Yeah. And I'm like, fucking fine. No. Right. I guess what? You want to go sit in the corner and talk about that movie? Like, uh, fine. <laughs> we could do that at home. Why did we come out and pay for drinks? Like, that, there's nothing worse than that. So, like, when you go out and you're with people who, if you step it up, they're going to step it up. That's the best. Totally. That's the, it's, and it's, it's enabling weirdness. Well, it's enabling people weirdness. Who will enable weirdness. Well, and that's the whole point of this trip is we went out to find the people in our life that are stepping it up. Mm-hmm. And how are they doing it? And we asked them these questions. Yeah. And, like, you know, Srini shows us that video that's now up online that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And, like... Now that's going to step up our game. Like, I don't, I want to go make a video now. Like, um, we may not tomorrow, but like in the back of my head somewhere, I'm like, we're going to be making videos at some point. Yeah. And that's totally. fucking awesome. Totally. And, you know, if you surround yourself with the people who are like, no, not tonight. It's just, oh. <laughs> well, and then, and then we have all those videos and people are like, like, well, everyone who went home prior to that bar was like, what? Yeah. That's what I missed. <laughs> And then, and you know, you never want to be on the FOMO side of things. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. And I think too, the other part of that night too. So I get up on that stage at that bar and I start freestyle rapping over Green Day's Brains to beat with the band playing. You know how many times in my life I've said, I cannot freestyle rap. I'm mm-hmm. not a freestyle rapper, which for anyone listening who does not know what that means, that means you don't pre-write it. It's just off the top of your head. You're coming up with the lyrics. Do a little bit right now. <laughs> Come on, on the spot. Freestyle on this podcast because you know I bomb fast in this conversation with the Raj Nation and we got to drive out of Nashville so we got to go fast still because it's like 1145 and we got to be home in time for dinner on the drive. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> so... With something like Notice that. how you didn't say anything in the room. <laughs> That's true. But how many times in my life have I said, oh, I'm not a freestyle rapper, right? But then if you just throw yourself in the situation where you have to freestyle rap, you your brain makes you do it. Yeah. And it wasn't great. The, you know, the lyrics I spit out were very basic. It was a slow rhyme scheme, and I was being like, I'm, I'm basic bitch lyrics. Yeah, I mean it was. It was like you know I'm, a, I'm with the band still. Martin's got dance skills. That was the stuff that I was rapping. Yeah. But I have a baseline now that I know. The same thing with like everything else we talked about. You you generate the baseline. Yeah. Now I know I can at least do that. Yeah. Well, and even that, your first step toward freestyling was sending me a video saying, "Oh my god, this is probably gonna suck. I've never done this before." Yeah. But here's and like that's the thing you prefaced it with. This is. I've never done like this is not going to be good. It's yeah. the same way I preface my songs because they I wasn't confident. In mm-hmm. them. But then I'm like, holy shit, freestyling on stage, bravo, sir! Yeah. And like, 
But like the fact is that you have people to that aren't going to be like, good free sell, bro. Yeah. Like, what? You're not Eminem level yet. Yeah. Like, come on. Like, you just started and you're not Eminem. Like, mm-hmm. what the hell? It's just ridiculous. Like, you, to expect that you're going to be the best freestyler right away right. is insane. Right. But there are these things that you, if you're not pushing yourself to do it, then you're never going to be on that stage. You're never going to be like, well, all right, what's the next one? What's the next one? What's mm-hmm. the next one? Yeah. Okay. That was good. It's resolution time. So, <laughs> well, we usually do it because we have a guest. We're like, well, before we wrap up, where can we find you? <laughs> you can find me at Idea Lemon. <laughs> it's a great little site. <laughs> okay. So to wrap up then. So the topic for this one was what are we yeah, We already wrapped. <laughs> to wrap up. <laughs> so this whole episode was everything not everything we, we talked about a lot of what we learned on this trip right this is called the random show with Martin and Ryan exactly I totally ripped that off from Tim Ferriss <laughs> <laughs> so the way we'll resolve it because we you know again this is the whole thing was what did we learn and every episode it was talking about things we learned but we'll close it with the rosebud thorn which for those of you who don't know what a rosebud thorn is this is something that on all the under 30 experiences trips uh, the group does uh, every night of the trip, actually, where you close out the night doing a rosebud thorn, meaning everyone has their turn to speak and you say your rose, which is what was something great that happened today, your thorn, which is what's something that just didn't go well for you today, and your bud, which is what are you looking forward to tomorrow. Now, we're going to do the rosebud thorn collectively for this entire trip, right? It was all one day, right? It, <laughs> like it was all one day. <laughs> No, it doesn't. <laughs> it feels like it's been Kansas two years. Kansas City felt like two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> that was college, right? <laughs> so that's how we'll close this, is the rosebud thorn. Do you want to do like rose, rose, or do you want to do all three and then all? Well, let's do rose, rose, bud, bud, thorn, thorn. All right. All right. You, I think you've had this in your mind longer than I have. So let's start. Do you want to start with the thorn? Or do you want to <laughs> no, we'll start with the rose, then the thorn, then the bud? Okay. Rose... My, uh, you know, you say I've been thinking about it, but <laughs> uh, my rose for this trip, honestly, so uh, breaking the law and going to that waterfall, like, and my, to clarify, the breaking the law was, was swimming across a rapid river that had apparently 102 people die in it. With no life vest. With no life vest. One person with a life vest, so it's <laughs> even more dangerous. Um, yeah, they said it. You, yeah, you know, Mr. and Mrs. McGovern, listen to that. Your son. I already told her this morning. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, but it was, uh, it's like a $300 fine if they catch you swimming across this thing. And I was terrified to do it. Like, uh, so we were with this group of, of folks and the first guy goes and I'm watching and I'm like, it's calm, calm, calm. And then the rapid hits and he just starts booking and swimming to the other side. And I was like, I'm not that good. At, I don't have that endurance. Like, I can't do this. Right. And he's over there for, like, 20 minutes, and he keeps, like, waving us over, like, come on, come join me. This is amazing. Like, but, like, you can't hear him because he's over there. I'm assuming that's what he's saying. And, like, <laughs> and it just, yeah, it looks amazing. And um, I'm, like, sitting there, I'm like, you know, I'm trying to get you to go. I'm trying to get anyone to yeah. go with me because I'm too scared to do it alone. Which I don't know how to swim, so I would have actually done yeah, yeah, it. Would have been bad. It was it was a very tough swim. Um, and so then this uh, this other guy just comes up and he just starts going, and I was like, "Oh, you're going!" Ah, and I just like jumped in after him. Like uh, he ended up like way down the river, and I like I was like I got a huge mouthful of water. I was like about to drown, 
And I was like, oh my God, this is it. This is the moment I die. And then like, <laughs> all of a sudden the, uh, this is where I leave. Yeah. This is where I leave you. All of a sudden it just like got calm. Like I find, I got close enough to the other shore that the, um, the rapid was going around instead of like in that. So it was kind of like one of those, I guess, a, a, a undertow, probably a bad thing, but <laughs> anyway, um, but like the, it, the current stopped and I was like, oh my God, I'm on the other side and I'm not dead. And then we just like walked underneath, like climbed underneath these like little cliff things and walked to the top where the waterfall was just pouring down, just stood underneath it. It For visual, and I'm on the opposite side of the river looking at this, him and these two other guys are behind the waterfall. Yeah. Like the water, it's like you're like in Mario basically. Yeah, Yeah, 100%. (laughs) Yeah. And... And it's like, it's so much different than even uh, when I was in Iceland and I went under the waterfall because that was such an open thing. And it was like way over there. This is coming down on top of you. Yeah. And it was like moss and like a carpet. It was, and then it was like, you know, knife rocks. It was crazy. And like, um, we had to like jump down. And the craziest part was getting there and getting out of there. Um, like the tide, the, the currents keep, are so crazy. there. like, there's all these guys in, um, what are those called? Kayaks? Yeah. Yeah. And they're like going underneath and like flipping around and stuff. And like, so when you're near the waterfall, it's pulling you into the waterfall. And when we're like, we're like trying, we're like, we have to get back to their side. I'm like, this is going to be the danger, most dangerous part. It's like, how do we get out? Well, I'm watching you swim back. You had the look of like, I'm going to fucking die. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm like, I'm, I'm going and it just, the current is going this way. And so we're getting pulled into the waterfalls. We're like, I'm literally like pulling myself on the rocks to get out of this thing. And then it immediately just goes opposite. And all of a sudden my arms are like this and I just, and for visual representation, they're like, they just go the opposite. I'm like left side to right side fully. And I'm just getting pulled with the current. And I'm like, ah, thank God I've done rock climbing in the past. This is terrifying. And like, we sort of let it pull us out while swimming. And as we're swimming, I'm like, I'm going to get pushed all the way down this river and instead the current just completely shifts again and starts pulling us back toward you guys. And that was the moment where I'm like, Oh, I don't have to swim. And then I'm like, this is what they tell you in all of the like safety things of you're about to die. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh. well, I was like, not certain, but the, I thought I was going to go down. If something did go down and I was like, he's going to, the waves are going to push him into a rock and he's going to get like knocked out. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, I don't think it would, it would have been like, I would have gone under and you just never would have seen me again. Okay. <laughs> it would have been an undertow. But like we get to the, we get back to the other side and we're not dead. And I was like, <laughs> that was something I never would do and probably shouldn't have done. But that was a hell of a time. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really happy I did it. I would never recommend other people do it. But the fact that I did, and it's something that like, I originally would say it was not part of my personality to do. I'm, I'm happy I pushed myself to that level. So that was your rose. And that's actually me leveling up because other people were leveling up. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, that was your rose. Experience adventure-based. Do you have a rose, like, business ideal and based from this trip? Um, yes, it, slash it was kind of, uh, the thing that I really, it's, it's more of a bud. Because uh, I haven't done it yet. Should we save it? Um, so I'm going to save that one for the bud. Let me think if I can... All right, I'll, I'll do mine. Then. Shrini. Shrini's doing okay. the podcast with Shrini was a huge rose. Because okay. like, I got to fanboy. It was just a great mm-hmm. great moment. My rose from the trip was the... This was when we had the break when you went to Canada and I went to Tahoe for the Under 30 Experiences alumni reunion trip. 
the hike up the Sierra Nevada, Mount Rose in the Sierra Nevada mountains in Tahoe was just insane because it was difficult. I mean, there were parts where it was easy, but there were parts where it was like, oh my God, this is crazy. And the fact that we just had this group where it didn't matter because we all knew we were going to get to the top and it would take some people longer than the others. But Mm -hmm. like, I was part of the first group that made it up and we were going to wait for those other people to make it up after us. And that moment of gratitude when you're all up there and you're just like, I'm on top of the world right now. This is really cool. And the fact that you can share it with these people and like, now that we have that photo, the group photo of all of us with the mountains behind us and we're on the summit, like just every time I look at that photo, it brings up memories of the entire journey up together and the conversations that we have that I'm having with people as we're going up. And just even the fact that, um, you can hike with people who are bad to hike with, right? And no one in this group was someone who was bad to hike with. Like you asked me when we got back together in like Vegas, I think you were like, so, okay. So on that Tahoe trip, there were five people from Belize who you already knew. What is, what, what did you learn new about them in that time? And our friend, Nicole, I said, I know I can hike with Nicole. And what I mean by that is physically, yes, we can hike together and she's not going to be someone who's going to complain. Or and she was in like sandals. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she didn't pack the right shoes. Yeah, and most people in sandals while hiking would be like, no, right. sandals. <clears throat> and when I say I can hike with Nicole, I don't just mean I can hike with Nicole physically. I mean, Nicole's someone I can bring into pretty much any environment. And I know this about her now. Maybe I knew it before, but didn't realize it. She's someone I can bring into any environment and she's just going to like embrace it and make the most out of it. Yeah. And that's someone who I know, like, like maybe she'll be a potential like wedding date in the future, something like that. Like those are the types of people that I enjoy being around is they're not going to complain. They're going to think of how can I make the most out of this? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so that was my experience based thing from this trip. My other rose that was more business based is, um, you know, every time we have a good conversation, whether it's you and I or someone else, whether it's the podcast or whatever, it lets me know we're doing the right things because I'll give you, so in Nashville, for instance, uh, Kelsey's roommate, Molly here, uh, while we were getting ready or while you guys were still getting ready for the party, it was just her and I down here, like making tacos. And we just started to talk about whatever. And Molly was like, yeah, Kelsey speaks so highly of you guys and the work you're doing. And her saying that is me being like on the inside, like, that's amazing that my preface into coming into your home is someone speaks highly of the mm-hmm. things we do and that we're doing something you know good for her. Like, yeah. That lets me know that we're on the right path. Uh, plot, or like yesterday when we were at lunch, we were at brunch with Kelsey and she was like, I, like, I'm very, I want anything I do to be very transparent. That's why I love your podcast. Cause you're so open and honest and transparent down to the point of talking about how much money you've made and all that stuff. Like that to me, like I want more people who like that yeah. in my life and more people who like mm-hmm. that as who enjoys our content. Yeah. Cause I don't like, you know, we always said, we don't want this to be a contrived show. Like we got to the one hour mark of this episode and we said, do you want to know another 30 keep minutes? Going. Now we've got another 40 minutes, right? Like, and it's going to keep going. <laughs> yeah. And that's what, that's what I enjoy is the fact that like those moments that happen is when someone yeah. like that's the, those are the reassuring moments. Even though we have all this, you know, behind the scenes, like I wouldn't call it flux, but like there are times when we're like, all right, what are we doing? That kind of stuff. Yeah. 
But then these are the moments that bring you back. To That's because I'm here. There's a <laughs> lot of moments of what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> but these are the moments that bring me back and be like, totally. you know, day to day there might be some things that we're questioning, but in the grand scheme of things, we're on the right path here. Yeah. To add on to that, like another quick rose, the hospitality of the people in our mm. network blows me away because I'm someone who just assumes that no one wants to help because <laughs> uh, you know it's just a mindset that I've been brought up with and it's like don't bother people just just go get a hotel room don't bother people and this trip has shown me that not only will people open up their homes they want to they want interaction they love these conversations they love doing these things yeah. and it's blown me away how every single city we've gone into pretty much has just been so warm yeah and like we just like we get into like 10 30 at night and we're so exhausted and they're just like we have wine hey yeah. and I'm like oh my god all this right. is awesome like you guys are so nice <laughs> how are you all so nice yeah it's great yeah no that's that's a really good point uh okay so now the thorn so my thorn um which, which man, for clarity thorn is what like didn't go well yeah yeah so so um, I thought I was going to get, um, well, so there's, there, there's the obvious one getting my stuff stolen in Canada, but that honestly didn't bother me all that much. The one that I've already talked about to a large extent, um, in our conversation with Courtney was how I felt in Vegas mm. when I lost the $80. So that was a weird one. So tell that story. Cause we haven't told it on air yet. Yeah, we did. No, that was, I think it was after we were off uh, well, the podcast with Courtney. Huh. Well, all right. So basically, is I lost $80 and you won $1,400. And, uh, at the casino. At the casino. And I lost it so fast and I wasn't ready for like the mental, like, holy, what, how did, and it just like, I got, I was so tired and I got really overwhelmed with like, just not being in a good, like, I was just upset and like, I need to go for a walk, but that didn't really help and it was... I, it, a lot of things just kind of came together in that moment where I'm like, I mentally and logically know this is ridiculous. It was $80. It's fine. Um, but I just, for some reason, couldn't get over the emotion of it. And I just had to kind of ride out that emotion until it went away. Even though logically I was like, this is a dumb emotion or not dumb emotion, but like, mm-hmm. this is like something you need to get over. It's like, why are you letting this kind of linger so long? And so I think just that moment was one it has nothing to do with like the $80 or anything like that it just has to do with the fact that I'm not always in control and not knowing that I'm not always in control like I felt like I was back in I don't know middle school or something or like getting made fun of in high school Mm -hmm. where you're like you you just can't stop feeling whatever it is you're feeling and just knowing that that is there um I guess is a good thing but when you're in it it is it's like what is like come on man you know logically this is something that you should be like shrug off but you just can't shrug it off right and so i think being in that moment was a thorn just because i wish i wasn't in that moment um but i'm hopefully getting something out of it (laughs) uh not sure what (laughs) yeah just like the understanding that that happens um which is fine and then uh uh, yeah well but and the other thing that went into it too is i'm sitting here being like 
Holy shit, dude. Look, the, the money thing keeps counting up. I just won $1,250 on one hand of video poker. And you're like, oh, I can afford giving a $5 tip. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and like, but like that kind of stuff, even that, I'm like, it is funny. Yeah. But it's also like, and that was what kind of played into it. I'm like, at least feel good for him. And like, nope, there was no feeling good for you in the moment. And I was like, come on, feel good for him. Nope, nope, just there's nothing nothing there that feels good. This is This feels bad. And, like, you know, I eventually got over it, but it was yeah. just, like, and we can laugh about it, but it was one of those things where, um, you know, people talk about, I don't know if I want to compare this to depression or anything like that, but, like, I'm sure there's just, there's emotions that you can't control, mm-hmm. and it's okay, and you kind of have to just feel them through mm-hmm. and move on. Uh, so I would say that was a thorn. And then just uh, in general, business-wise, uh I did not get nearly as much work, quote unquote, done on this trip as I thought I would, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, which bothers me. Yeah. Um, nor did I go running at all. So like both of those things, I'm like, Bleh. I had that in my head as something I quote unquote should be doing, um, which is funny because I'm sure if I look back at what we actually did accomplish and work that we got done, I'm sure there's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's like. Oh, I actually had a to-do list that I checked off every day. But for some reason, I just, like, in my head, I'm like, maybe it's just because the fun stuff outweighed the work stuff that I feel like uh, I didn't necessarily accomplish as much as I thought I would. All right. My thorns were... Well, okay, so to build off that, business-wise, similarly, this is going to sound weird, but there were too many times where we or like you'd sit down to work and then my mind would be like, well, what's he do or like, what mm-hmm. is he actually going to be doing for this next hour, two hours? I don't know if you had a concrete answer to that either. Some and days, in my mind, I'm like, we need to fix this night. because yeah. we need, we need to basically figure out our respective roles better Yeah, and figure out when, when like, what's your default activity going to be basically. Exactly. Um, so that's something that we haven't dedicated the time to figuring out, which we mm-hmm. need to, um, Besides that, then just like personally, you know, my awesome wave born sunglasses, somebody stepped on them yesterday or two days ago and they broke, which sucks because they're like $300. Mike Malloy, if you're listening, I need to contact you to see if I can get a replacement pair. <laughs> um, but, you know, if that's the worst thing that happened, wow, what a great trip. You also won $1,400. Yeah. So I'm sure you can afford it. That'll pay off this, <laughs> that'll pay off this MacBook that's recording this. Yeah. Um, so crashing the car into a fence doesn't fit. I suppose that, too. Yeah, you know, I suppose that, too. Um, but, yeah, no. Honestly, there haven't been that many. Bad yeah, things. I mean, again, if, if sunglasses breaking is the worst thing that happened to me, wow. Like, if getting everything, trip. yeah. If getting everything I own stolen in Canada is the worst thing that happened to me, <laughs> it's really not that bad of a trip. Um, you know, before we go into the bud of this, I actually want to ask you, and I'll do the same for you. What's something you've noticed about me that is different than before, or that you didn't know, or that you're like, oh, he's improved in this, or anything like that? And I, I can start because I... I definitely want you to start. <laughs> so in you, what I was really impressed by was when you called me to tell me about the shit that happened in Canada, you were not freaking out and you were pretty chill about it and you were like, man, they took my almonds. 
<laughs> I had a bag of almonds that I've been carrying around for like uh, three months because yeah. I always forget I have them. <laughs> and they were gone. Okay. I knew eventually. They were, they were emerald. It's like $9 a bottle. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. And I remember I was like, man, this is not the Martin that I know. Like, like I was expecting neurotic, like I like road trips done, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was shocked that you still came back and we finished the road trip together because I really thought... Well, A, I thought you were stuck in Canada for the next month. <laughs> yeah. But B, I was like, well, he's going to go back to Chicago and I'll have to finish this by myself. But no, the fact that you just kind of were like, and it's so insane how timely it was considering three days prior we did the podcast with Srini about rolling with the punches. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, man, he really is rolling with the punches. <laughs> yeah. And this is not something that I'm used to seeing out of him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I That was one of those things where... I was surprising myself <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I would say something I learned about you. I'm not sure I'm not sure if it's new stuff that I've learned about you, but it's to the extent at which you do certain things. Um, like I'll come downstairs and you, like uh, all right, a good example. We're we're wandering yesterday and like I go to get my coffee and I turn around and you're like sitting at a table with people like talking to them and I'm like what what just happened like how did it go from you're like waiting for me to get my coffee to like now we're having a conversation with four people in this coffee shop um and the same thing like I'll go I'll come downstairs and you're like chatting up the person in the kitchen Mm -hmm. which is something that has is inspiring because it's pushed me to do the same so like when we were out in Nashville two nights ago we get in line and the first thing I do is go, where are you guys from? Because yeah. I'm like, this is the level I got to step up to. Yeah. Um, and so I would say like... You're, and that led us, led us having a crazy awesome The craziest night. night yeah. right? And so I would say that um, the level at which you step into whatever it is you're focused on um, is just... Like, I've always known, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, he writes. Like, like I know he writes stuff because I see it. But, like, the amount it like when you say you're gonna do something I know like you said the other day when I get back to Chicago I'm probably gonna get that tattoo and I was like I'm sure I'm gonna see that tattoo on him at some point sorry mom and dad oh <laughs> they don't listen to the show anyways <laughs> <laughs> um mine do and I'm getting tattoos on my face um so like it's it's I've always known that when you say you're gonna do something you do it but like the level at which um and actually uh what happens when you don't I think is something that I didn't know before. So like you haven't been meditating every day and you haven't been, and I've always kind of, I don't know. I, I just assume when you don't do some, hello. And Kelsey's back for, for lunch. Lunchtime. <laughs> um, and just kind of seeing like how you react in those situations. Um, where, you know, it's like, Wait, so I, well, it's I like, what do you mean by that? So like, it's not like you beat yourself up, but you like, you get a little bit down. Mm. You're like, you're not the same. Like, like when I come down in the morning and you've already meditated and you're at the computer writing, it's very different than when, you know, we both like went out late and you wake up and you're like, Oh no, now we got to just like get this day started. Yeah. It's a very different type of personality. Yeah. Um, and I think to that point, what I'm realizing as you say that is, a lot of it's because the other instances where I, you know, cause it's been tough to keep up with that. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I went like probably five, six straight days without meditating in the morning. First thing. 
that means the first part of my day is, is shared with you, right? Mm-hmm. Like we dive right into whatever we're doing. So if I didn't give myself that me time, even if it's only 17 minutes to start the day, I'm like, well, fuck, I don't have my own thoughts to start the yeah. day. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I would say the biggest difference is that you get quiet. Yeah. You get very quiet. And we've made this joke. I, you have three different types of quiet, and I, I still can't identify them. You have angry quiet, contemplative quiet, and uh, leave me the fuck alone quiet. <laughs> uh, and I'm still working on what those three are, but it's been really fun. They all look the same on the They all look the same on the surface. <laughs> so, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of things uh, when the quiet face is on. Yeah. Still, still learning. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, yeah, and I'm glad I now acknowledge that yeah. too. But I would say, for the most part, it's each morning starts with me being like, ah, oh, you got to catch up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So now into the bud, what are you looking forward to coming out of this road trip? So one of the things I noticed on this trip, um, and in our conversation last night is I do like creating things with my hands mm-hmm. and in order to create things by hands, by hand, you have to have things. <laughs> uh, so I was talking about how back when I was a kid, I'd go downstairs to my parents, like, you know, tool, uh, area and I would just grab whatever we had in the basement PVC pipe old pieces of banister and like I old telephone and I would deconstruct it and reconstruct it into like yeah. an art piece and stuff like that um, and I've spent the last like two years kind of doing this minimalist cut things out of your life sure. um, sort of a thing and I think that there's a balance somewhere in between where I want to like I have these white shoes that I bought for the wedding that we ended up not using for the wedding um and I don't wear white tennis shoes. Like, it's just not a thing I wear. And so now I've got, in my mind, a blank canvas to draw on. So I have these paint pens at home. And I'm really excited to go home and just... Which, by the way, made the 90s outfit even more 90s. Because they oh, look like totally. K-Swisses. They look so with, K-Swiss. With the rest of the get-up, they look like K-Swisses. How do you wear your K-Swiss? <laughs> I wear my K-Swiss like this. Um, and so like, I'm just going to go home and like turn those into a canvas. Um, and just paint them up and have a good time doing that. Because I haven't done anything with my hands in a mm-hmm. while. And so I'm really looking forward to um, bringing a little bit more of that handmade. Like, that's what I do with our business cards. Like, bringing a little more of that handmade creativity into my life. Um, and, and just, like, basically trying to figure out ways to merge those things that I've kind of cut out at some point with what we're doing now and see what kind of new stuff we can come up with. Cool. I am looking forward to, well, on a, on a basic level, I'm looking forward to reestablishing routine in my life. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, I'll you know, one thing that really comes out of this is, you know, I'm sure we'll do another thing similar to this at some point. Yeah. But now that I know I've been through it once and didn't have routine, how important that is to me. So I know the next time this happens, I need to have that mm-hmm. to keep my own sanity Absolutely. and not get pissed off easily and that kind of stuff. Um, well, and that's, I've, I've been thinking this whole trip, like, if we ever do this again, would we stay at people's houses again? And, like, would we do the couch surfing part mm-hmm. of it? And I haven't fully decided what my answer is on that. It'd probably be a mixture. But I think there would be a little bit more hotel time because you're able to get a better routine mm-hmm. in a hotel. I that's think. true. I didn't consider that. Yeah. So, like, maybe spacing it out or something. Like, that's those are the things you learn when you do this. It's like, yes, I can live this way. Do I want to live this way? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then at the same time, we miss the interactions if we stay at the hotel. Right, but I think there's a balance. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. 
And hotels cost money. (laughs) (laughs) Which, hopefully next time we do this, we'll have more. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that's my basic, you know, just the getting routine back I'm looking forward to. But second to that is, to to add on to what you said, is I'm really curious to see where we take the creative expression side of things Mm -hmm. with this. Um, Am I going to start bringing music into more of what we do? Am I... I'm really curious to see what you do creatively and how I then write about that and how we, you know, yeah. basically or illustrate your back off each other or that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, cause I, I'm, I'm excited to, I'm excited that we didn't lose folk that we want to do more creative things. And I don't see it as us losing focus. Mm-hmm. I see it as us diving deeper into the, cause this whole thing started with not the road trip. This whole idea when thing started with giving ourselves an opportunity to learn more of what we want meet who we want and be more of ourselves. Yeah. And now I'm excited to dive deeper into that All those and things. really just kind of, you know, I, I, it goes back to that podcast with Srini, like seeing that you can do things just for creative expression mm-hmm. and they can be cool as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And on the note of bringing more of our music and things into things, we will end this podcast with, an already released but new song Go. by Rajiv Nathan, also aka Phonetic, called Go. That'll be the outro for this podcast. Go, parentheses, epic road trip anthem. Uh, so thank you everyone who followed along on our journey in the last six weeks and change. Uh, it's been really cool documenting our journey through these podcasts, meeting the people we've met. Thank you to everyone we have stayed with who entertained us while we were in the cities and put up with us, yeah, put up with us, people, you, all you guests who were on our podcast, huge shout out to you guys. Um, shout out to under 30 experiences for partnering with us on this. Uh, and we're excited to, we should, we should outro it like, uh, that album we listened to. Yo, this is Adam Griffin to Steve Kane to Jason Bay, Sean Ogle, Marissa Nunes, D Piazza, JJ Owens, Jennifer Cushel, Srini Rao, Jordan Harbinger, Lindsay Thompson, and Courtney Slade. My mama, oh, oh. I love you, mama. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, all that stuff. Um, every city that essentially, the city itself seemed to welcome us with open yeah. arms wherever we went. That was all really cool. And I think, obviously, our listeners, you guys, thank you for, for sharing this journey with us. We're excited to keep pushing the envelope of our own creative boundaries, helping you guys do the same in your lives. And I guess, yeah, that's, that's, we'd love it. If you guys would subscribe, leave us a review. If you can, um, review this whole trip, just give us a, what, what is it that you thought of our trip from start to finish? If you've listened to that much of it and then, uh, what's an adventure that you wish you were on right now? There you go. That's a good question. Email us back with that. Get fresh at idealemon.com. Um, and then to find other stuff, subscribe to our email newsletter at idealemon.com. Um, Guarantee you'll enjoy it. And if you don't, then unsubscribe. It's not that hard. And now, go! Go! Every city make appearances. It's Idea Lemon and Under 30 Experiences. Go! Every city make appearances. It's Idea Lemon and Under 30 Experiences. Go! Every city make appearances. It's Idea Lemon and Under 30 Experiences. Go! Every city make appearances, it's ID 11 and under 30 experiences. Program. We hit the road doing 80, maybe get a speeding ticket while you slow jam. Gonna stop, no ma'am. Only thing we stop is beef. Why? And that's cause we like to go ham. 
We bring the committee to Kansas City Make it pretty if they step the lemon set like Fitty This a ditty And it's not for anonymity We make it a name, cement our legacy infinity You sissy, it's curious George Chasing yellow hats with Inspector Gadget And his go-go gadget brand Yo, whoa, magic hands, oh no That's the man, started out as Martin But catharsis made him up and stand Summon up another fan, drumming like a muffin can Animal style, we hitting in and out of oh, Chill, Kelly. Now you like these two? They sound so jolly. Truth, we're shy. Our trash stays alley, but we're traveling the map. We don't even need a galley to the coast and back. If you wanna keep a tally, everywhere we go, we start a fucking path rally. Like, look how we caught the scores in Portland, Oregon, and more doors open the fords in New Orleans. And get that medical incredible, so Denver is indelible from several edibles. And what we do is very dope. Very dope. So you know for sure, a focal moment got a broadcasting live on Periscope. Ask about the Merido, mask without the Darren flow. Basking in the sun in Austin, where's Jared? Oh, you have missing Austin City limits, ain't it crazy? Well, if we stay, we D Rose tearing up that ACL. Oh, oh, no. But amalgam arrange, let the banner flow. Eating honey, do with U30, cause we can't eat Real, recognize real. So with U30X, it was nothing but a handshake. This our normal life, we live different Like the podcast, shout out to Matt up, Wilson Like our podcast, shout out to Liz Listen Like our podcast, thumbs up if you with it San Francisco, Vegas, the mountains, Nashville Here we And go. we on back to our houses Go! Every city make appearances, it's ID We're just getting started Under 30 experiences Go! You're Every 30 city X. make appearances, it's ID 11 ID And 11. under 30 experiences Go! Every city We're make appearances, it's ID 11 and you know under why? 30 experiences go. Cause we Every know. Every city 